Welcome, folks. Let Hello. me just start by saying my my apologies for the delay. Um, I actually set everything up quite early and had an hour to chill till we got started. And of course, as soon as we get started, that's when problems happen. So, apologies in advance. Well, not advance, but you know, apologies for the issue. I got it. Okay. Awesome. Yep. yep. <laughs> All right. So, anyhow. Um, Welcome everybody. We are back. This is episode seven of the Signs or Sparks podcast. Go ahead and say it. We recording. Bit a bit. Bit a bit. Anywho, well, ladies, thanks for being able to record tonight. It's very, very exciting to get back into this. What are you doing? I have ice pack on my face. Okay. Anywho. All right. So um we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. It's not even important. I mean it is, but it's not important. What I'm being honest, sorry. Anyway. So, um, well, like I said, we're back for episode seven. And I thought that we could actually start to talk about black women in therapy. And it kind of just came about because I've just started noticing that a lot of my friends are I guess highly recommending it and all that good stores. Um, Grace, I know you're, are you in the process of looking for one? Um, I have found one. So I recently decided to put Mikey in therapy. Oh, nice. Um, I'm very, very excited about it. I feel like, um, and the funny thing is I talked to my mom about it maybe a couple of weeks ago and I forgot that I was in therapy when I was younger, when my father passed. Oh, wait, my mom had put us in therapy for a little while. So I remember like going into this room and like drawing pictures and doing little activities and someone talking to me. I don't remember what we talked about, but, you know, so I didn't even think about that. So she brought it up. So, yeah, I recently, you know, put Mikey in there because he's just he's. Yeah, he's been through some stuff. In you know the past couple years and, you know, both of us have. So I need to make sure that he's emotionally. Okay. Um, and as a mom, you what I've learned is you try to fix things um, just naturally, right? Mm-hmm. So if he says, I have to allow him to be able to feel what he needs to feel and not try to fix it. So instead of him talking to me, you know, I want him to be comfortable to be able to figure it out and talk to someone professionally. So gotcha. Gotcha. that's what gotcha. he's doing now. And after he gets his footing, then um, I'll start talking to her. Awesome. As well. That sounds good. And Sparks, you you currently have one as well too, right? Yes, I've been with my therapist. It'll be seven years in November. Oh wow, that's awesome. That is awesome. That's what I'm trying that's to look for. Job. I want to look for someone like that where I can stick with them for years. Right. Like you literally, I did the um the EAP where they give you like the three free like sessions. Uh huh. That's how I met her and never left her. I absolutely love her. That's nice. I, I, I hope I get to look for something like that. Well, well, ladies, we actually have an extra voice on our podcast today. And she's a very, very good friend of mine. It's, well, 
better friend of me than y'all. But you know, whatever. <laughs> but anywho, so I don't know because we became besties too. Hold on, no, now, no, 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 Hold no, on, no, 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 no. Wait no. a minute. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> you were there, Maya. You heard the agreement. I didn't hear no agreement. I heard no Shots such thing. Fired. So, anywho, let me introduce my bestie, who is also a part of the Slang and Serve podcast. Episodes will be coming soon, by the way. Please give a round of applause for Bob. Hello, hello. Thank you guys for having me. I'm still working on the sighting. I've never been a guest. Yeah, I'm still working on the sound effects. So I'm sorry. You have to go with the bootleg ones. Sorry, I got you. No, no, it's okay. Awesome. <laughs> I hope you I feel like I stepped my cookies up. I'm a guest on something. Wow. Nice. Well, we're glad that you were able to join in and put your input as you do so so nicely. The people love you. <laughs> well, that's that's a the good people thing. Love people you. love you. <laughs> you know, right. I'm a true Aquarius. I'm gonna give it give it to you straight. It's appreciated. Happy early <laughs> birthday, Pop. Woo woo. It's yeah, your happy time. Early Thank you. Birthday. Valentine's Day. I know. Day, baby. We're about a good, what, uh, under two weeks away now. Yeah. Is that a lot of pressure? Mm-hmm. Is Valentine's Day and it's your birthday? Like, do you expect gifts and Valentine's Day gifts? Oh, God. If it's so much pressure. <laughs> just curious like i only know maybe like two or three people that have valentine's days valentine's day is their birthday and i'm just curious like is it is it more pressure to get presents for your birthday or more pressure for because it's valentine's day or does it matter it's just pressure all the way around i think like because for one of them as many people know i'm very hard to shop for because i don't really want a lot of things um, so it's kind of like, eh, so people don't really know what to get me. And then they're like, oh, it's the day of love. And so then you try to do stuff for your boo. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, then your boo is like, oh, you have your birthday. So it's just like been this like hamster wheel for like the past 30 days. And I'm just like, you know, we don't even have to talk about this anymore, actually. Yeah. I'm a-okay with that. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. So I don't know. It's, it just is a lot of pressure. It's in. I just, you know, it's I I could have done like Groundhog's Day as my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like something a little more chill and mellowed out. Like Valentine's Day is just a lot. Like it's just system overload with all of the balloons and pink and red and just love this, love that, love and then oh it's just it's too much. Mm. Uh Uh-uh. Love. That's a whole nother episode. But anyway. <laughs> That's why some of us are in therapy. Okay. My therapist so sick of having the same conversation with me. <laughs> Listen, mine too. Yeah, mine too. She's, she's like, you gonna learn one day. And she's be looking at me because we do video now. She just look at me and I'd be like, I know Tamara, we done talked about this seven times. I'm sorry. But it's a different person this time, no. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, it'd be that. like that. So, okay, so everybody is either in the process of looking for a therapist or already with a therapist. So, initially, the first question you're going to ask is, 
why therapy? Why do you choose mm. to want to talk to someone else that just completely doesn't know? I mean, is that the reason? Because you're talking to someone that completely doesn't know you? That was my reason. My reason was I was um I was going through a lot. And I felt like everybody that I was talking to had their opinion. And it felt like everybody, you know, they were trying to help. And you could tell that, that they felt like they had my best interest at heart. But I felt like I wasn't really being listened to. Like pe- nobody was hearing me. Mm-hmm. So it was like, maybe I just need to talk to somebody that does, does somebody unbiased that doesn't know mm-hmm. me where I can start from scratch. And then they're not giving me their uh, their personal opinion so much as their professional opinion that can help guide me through what I'm going through. Okay, that makes Absolutely. sense. Mm-hmm. What about you, Pop? Um, well, that was part of my reason. Um, part of my reason was an unbiased opinion for sure. Um, and similar, similar to Sparks, like it's just like, you know, you have uh, the way that I, I explain it is, you know, you have your friends and your family that, you know, love you and care about you. And I, and, you know, as far as friends, they, the, the tribe that I have, you know, I'm pretty comfortable in saying that, you know, we all check each other if we're right or wrong or whatever. Um, and we can have those candid conversations, but they're still talking from a biased place, right? Because they have this knowledge of you and what you like and what you dislike. So there is some sense of kind of guiding and, and guiding those conversations from a place of knowing you. Um, so I definitely wanted the unbiased opinion. Um, and, and furthermore, I just got fed up with my own shit. I mean, if it, can we curse on this pod? No. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> About to say, Lord, y'all might have should have sent me a little text in advance. Um, <laughs> but no, like, you know, I get you, you get to a point um, and it, everybody's journey is different, right? So you, right. you definitely have to give yourself grace, but you get to a point where you get tired of your own shit, right? And once you get to that place, it's like, okay, I'm tired of experiencing the same things. I'm tired of, um, feeling like some sort of, uh, you know, like inadequate in some way. And I think for me, it was like, you know, on paper, my life looks great, right? It looks perfect. Mm -hmm. I got a nice house, you know, I'm doing different things career-wise and things like that. So everything looks great. And and by all appearances, I should be, you know, happy and skipping down the street. But I wasn't. And I got tired of masking those feelings, but not knowing why those feelings even existed. And so I got tired of just doing the same old, same old. And then from a love perspective, I got tired of dealing with the same type of person in different bodies. Mm. And I think that that was rooted in me. Um, It was rooted in what I was attracting. And I needed to get to the root of that issue to address what it was in me that always attracted these damaged people that needed so much healing, but we're willing to absorb all of my peace or absorb all of my peace and bring chaos into my life in order to keep their own peace intact. So they were depleting me and leaving me with nothing. So I had to change the narrative because it was no longer something that I could do. It wasn't conducive for my life. It was counterproductive. So started rapping with a therapist and it's been what well, we almost a year in with her. It'll be a year in, in March. Um, so yeah, hey, it's been bro. very refreshing. Thank you. That's good. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> That's good. 
So what would like I I I have my own reasons to why I want to, and I'll explore that as well too. But what would be some of your reasons as to why you will be looking into a therapist, Grace? Um, you know, the pretty much the same as is what you know Pop has said and and Sparks have said. Um, just the fact that a I've been through different things in my life, and I think that you know now that I'm getting older and I'm starting to notice. Um, or take notice of things that are happening around me, um, I am noticing that I am dating, not necessarily the same person, you know what I mean, or the same characteristics, Mm. but I'm starting to find those same Mm. things in people that I am dating um, and the different people. And so I'm starting to realize, well, wait a minute, what is it that I'm doing or not doing, you know, to Mm. create difference? Um, And these things. And so just trying to figure out or trying to find someone I can talk to about it so that they can help me, you know, figure out what's going on. And just I feel like we go through things in life um, that trigger different things, you know, or that change the path or the direction in your life of where you're going and then how you process things. Um, different traumas that you go through that you might not even feel like is necessarily, you know, trauma because it's such a long word. But you know, in essence, they are because um, it is changing your lifestyle or your life in a different mm-hmm. direction. Trauma um, is a long word. Yeah, That's it is. And and when you think about, you know, it's funny because I just had uh, two wisdom teeth pulled. And so someone was saying, That's like, always fun. That's trauma, you know, to a degree. Um, I'm like, you know, what? I don't even think about it that way, because to me, it seems small. Right. They're just teeth. But, you know, almost a week later, <laughs> I'm still feeling like sorry. the nerves in my face. <laughs> like, like my I face it, is girl. legit. Like, what did you do? Something is missing. <sighs> and I don't like this. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, you know, as I sit here with the ice pack on my face. So I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. When you walked in the door. <laughs> it is. My face is really like. The half, the one half of my face is like, oh, okay, you're like nothing, no harm, no foul. And then the other half is like, girl, what did you do? You sound like pop yesterday. <laughs> what did you do? Oh, yesterday was horrible. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yes, now I get, I can, I can understand the wisdom teeth thing because Maya was also around when I had all four of mine taken out at once, oh. and that was, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I just problem. I just slept. Oh, I just went hell. to sleep. Oh god. I was like rumple stintskin out here. I woke up like a week later, like, all right. Just a Let's mess. Go. Oh my just a mess. So I I feel like that. And like I said, I feel like I'm one of those people that I go through things. Um, and Maya, you know this too. Like I go through these things and I don't think about them. I just move. You know, and I think a lot of things were taught, you know, to me from my mother and not saying that she did anything wrong. Our parents did what they thought was right. Right. And they raised us the way that they were. So, you know, one of the things that I feel like I was taught younger was just keep your head down and just move. You know, you don't complain. Mm -hmm. You don't, you know, you don't stop. Sounds like a lot what men get told. Yeah. Like you just endure, you know, (laughs) and I watched a woman do all of these things and and just continue to move. You know, Mm -hmm. and I remember even with my father passing, I never saw my mother cry. Mm -hmm. Like she didn't cry in front of us. Um, I know she did because she told me about it later on, but I never physically saw it. So now even trying to learn to express that to my son, that it's okay. You know, you don't have to be 
this strong person, you know, so just not knowing that I'm pushing things onto him, you know, subconsciously. Right. So just, yeah, just learning that I've been through stuff and needing to know how to process it correctly in a healthy fashion. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely. But that, and that's what initially actually brought up this whole this topic is because the fact that it's amazing. It's it's crazy that you said that because again, a lot of people actually say that same thing to their sons and men. Not to say this a bad thing; it should be for everybody. But it just seems like and that's what brought up my question because I know a lot of the the reasons why I want to look for therapy are pretty much you know stuff that I have with repressed anger and you know stuff like that that I've actually gone through that not a lot of people know about and I'm not you know so I'm still on that road of trying to figure it out but I'm like the whole point of me trying to get this out was like well did is it more do y'all see it more as like more men get more of that coaching than women do to go look for outside advice I don't think so in my opinion I feel like um, and I, I don't know, you know, firsthand, I do feel like, um, men should be coached a little more, especially black men mm-hmm. to talk to someone. Um, Absolutely. I do feel like, I mean, everyone in general just needs someone that's non-biased that, you know, is experienced, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to figure out how to, how to help you map you know, the direction or or at least help you figure out how you came to the place that you are and how to proceed. You know what I'm saying? How to, how to map out like, okay, so this is the direction that you want to head in. Like mm. these are the tools that you need. And um, I feel like, you know, as far as like black men, you know, I don't, I don't feel like they're um, pushed in the direction as much as they should be to find someone to talk to. Um, because I could only imagine being raised, you know, being raised by a single black woman, you know, I was taught to be strong, to just move, you know, to, you know, crying is not going to help you. Crying isn't going to do anything. It's not going to solve the problem. So you just need to cry for a second, get it out, figure it out and then move on, you know, do what you need to do. Yeah. So I could only imagine you know, even with boy, like I even caught myself. I think I told you guys before I caught myself. Mikey was crying about something. And when he cried and he told me what he was crying about, I said, Mikey, that's nothing. That's nothing to cry about. That's small. There are bigger problems in this. That's not something to cry about. And then looking at him, I felt horrible because I was like, you know what? You just told your at the time he was like six. You just told your six year old not to cry, not to feel that he probably felt really strongly about. Like, why would you do that? You know what I mean? Like, he's still a kid. Right. And so I had to take a step back, like, dang. You know, so even just telling a six-year-old boy not to cry or that's nothing for you to be crying about, you know, I could only imagine what they've been told as young men, as young boys, and then growing up, and now they just don't, maybe they don't even know how to feel anymore. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they feel like their feelings don't matter. They're not valid. Um or it's not going to change anything, so just move. So they need more of it, in yeah, my opinion. I second all of that. I think that, um, just to piggyback off of that, I think that oftentimes <clears throat> with men, um, you you see a lot of toxic masculinity and things like that, but they there's no accountability in how we 
raise up, you know, these boys to men, essentially. You know, we do tell them, don't cry or, you know, this isn't, you know, suck it up or, you know, if they tear up or things like that, or if they even, even if it's not something that's high, highly emotional, you know, if they're trying to just express their thoughts and things like that, um, you see that. I have, you know, brothers and I, you know, you see where <clears throat> oftentimes with some of my close guy friends and even some, and even with my brothers, you know, it's very difficult for them to articulate their feelings. And I think, you know, I can't speak for all men, but I know that one thing that is common that I have heard is that they just feel unheard or they feel like they're, to your point, Grace, that their their feelings don't matter. They, you know, um, they're kind of invisible, right? And, but then, you know, we look to them to be, um, providers and all these other different things. I actually had seen a, a post the other day where it was like, um, it was comparing women to men and it was something like um, women are groomed to figure everything out and be the problem solvers in the family. So once we get of age, we're always the go-to when it comes down to financial advice or getting the family together, if there's discord and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's always, it always falls on the woman's shoulders. Right. And yeah. I can resonate with that because I'm the point person it seems or have been for a period of time. I mean, it's kind of balancing out now just because, you know, I have my boundaries. Um, but for a period of time, you know, I could, that resonated with me. It's like, I was the point person. I was the fixer. I was the the problem solver and things like that. And we're oftentimes made to be these caregivers very early on while we're still children as well and still developing as well. We're made mm-hmm. to look out for everyone else. So it's almost like we're groomed from a very early age to be critical thinkers, to be emotional to a certain degree but then suck it up and keep it moving. And that's not healthy for us as women either. But I think for men, they really just don't. Young boys that grow into men, they don't have that platform because um, you're applauded for being mean to a girl when huh. you're a boy because that symbolizes, oh, you like you like this girl. Mm-hmm. That's not healthy. That's toxic. Right. And you're starting to condition this individual, this child into growing into a toxic man that thinks that, um, that will be essentially uh, jarring. He will he'll feel away if he's ever faced with rejection from a woman later in life, and that's where you see a lot of these men that actually attack women when they're just simply like, "I'm not interested." No, thank you. It's because they don't know how to deal with rejection because they're dealing with people that are coddling them and are not addressing really their real issues or their real not necessarily issues, but their real feelings and not hearing them out. And so you're conditioning them and saying that, "Oh, let's not talk about your feelings." But if you do have feelings, here's a solution to how to get that out. Mm. Go out and have fun. Be a boy. Go do what you do. Go sleep with multiple, you know, women or whatever. You know, teenage. We we give trophies for those things. And then once they grow into being these men that think those things are okay, then it's like, oh no, like that's not all right. Like we're not rocking with that. Like you know, blah blah blah. blah. But look at what we we're perpetuating this behavior by just not hearing them mm-hmm. when it really matters because kids are very impressionable. Right. So early on, not saying that you're not going to get men that are just, you know, people in general that just grow into being assholes. But <laughs> <laughs> I think that when it, when it really matters, sometimes I, I think traditionally, especially in um, households, right. In our households, right. People of color, we, 
therapy and feelings and things like that has always been taboo. I can't speak for everyone else, but it has been in my family. That's been my experience. Like if you talked about going to see therapy, it was instantly like, you're crazy. You know what I mean? It's like, it almost is like hand in hand where you got like some sort of real problem and like, you're crazy. And it's like, oh, well, we just, you know, this is just a little crazy one, but we don't talk about it. Nobody seeks out help for them or anything like that. You just kind of get this, this label attached to you and the whole family knows, but therapists. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And realistically, we are the ones that should see and should be Facts. running to therapists exactly. because so much trauma. we not only have have been conditioned to survive. And, and to Grace's point earlier, I love that you said that where you were like, um, you know, it's unfortunate. But when you're talking about how your mom, like, you know, how you you've just always been conditioned to put your head down and just figure it out. That's been my story. And it's like. That that I hear that. And it's just like and, and that's what led to my my therapy journey because I got tired of being so strong because people fail to realize that the strong ones need somebody to be strong for them. But when you're always Mm. the strongest, Mm. there's no one that's on your level to be strong for you. Mm. (laughs) So you have to seek someone out that's unbiased, but as black people or people of color in general, we're still marginalized, right? We still deal with day-to-day drama and, and, and just trauma in general because of the color of our skin. We still walk out of the house and have to guess whether or not we're going to make it back. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like a, It's always like this cloud that follows us. So we got to get away from therapy and mental health being so taboo within our yes. community. I'm glad that it's starting to open up, but we, yeah. we got to start early. Just like what you said, though, um, Pop, you know, just a second ago, just to touch on that just for a second, even just like you said, walking out of the door, right? And and just being black, like we've been conditioned to have to be the best, right? And what we do, go above and beyond to prove that we're not the stereotype, right? That we're more yeah. than what that is. And so sometimes you have a battle within yourself that I'm coming to realize now that there's like this, um, and it could be a personal thing. I'm saying as far as like people of color, because sometimes you get to a point where you feel like you're not good enough or you're constantly doing more to try Mm -hmm. to stand out or to be better than, right? Because you've been taught or been conditioned to be better than. And so then when you're put in situations or in conditions where there's not a lot of people like you or that look like you, Mm-hmm. You're trying to, in your mind, it might not even be that way. You might not even need to be the best or better that you might just need to just be you. Mm-hmm. And that's it. But you're still in your brain. You've been conditioned like this for so long that you feel like you still have to be the best. You have to be better than you have to be on top of it because, you know, if something happens to this other person who happens to not be a person of color, you know, the consequences or the reactions or whatever are going to be completely different than what they would Mm be, you know, with you, like even as a a property manager, people walk in, you know, my name, Grace LaFleur, like, oh, you know, I'm here to speak to the manager. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm the manager. Oh, you're Grace. Yeah. Yeah. It's always like a shock, right? They they get shocked at my name too. Like Ashley. That's me. You're you're Ashley. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's me. Like you're Grace LaFleur. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> Last thought, time I checked, you know, they thought you were spending. You know, it's girl. 
Try to put extra flares on my last name. Oh, speak to Grace Lafleur. That's like, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, how do you say that last name again? Oh, uh, well, it's it's it's, it's yeah. it your name like in my phone tonight. Lafleur. <laughs> <laughs> Put a little Gucci Gucci meme right beside right. it. That's your picture of my phone now. Lifle. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, just to be just to stand out to be more than because the first thing that they see, you know, you don't want it to be okay. Well, let me fix my hair a certain way because I want I don't want to be the stereotype. Let me make sure my nails look. A certain way. I think where that I comes from. You know, we're groomed, for, we're groomed that way early on. Like yep. how many? I don't know about you guys, but how many yep. of you all come from a family where it's like you have to kind of keep a certain face, right, and appearance yep. because you are representative of the family. As if I speak for the entire clan of our family, <laughs> like you know. So it's like, oh, well, you get your hair's got to be together. You got to do this, and you got to do. And, and to your point, yeah, it does play into. Um, what I call like repressed or maybe um, unconscious criticisms of yourself, right? And we, I think a lot of people nowadays, more so than not, we're starting to see, it's always been around, but now we see it, it's more prevalent, right? Because everyone's just on shaky. Everyone is like shaky right now because this pandemic has really turned a lot of things upside down. But you're dealing with a, a lot of people that... um really hate themselves and it's mm. sad to see and and it's it, hate is a very strong word you're dealing with people that that have a great dislike for themselves because they don't know who they are mm. they yeah. know who they are from the lens of other people which could Agreed. be family can be friends can be society which now you know social media yeah. internet and social media um though i'm in tech and it's great and i love it and has its benefits has really been like to the detriment of us as a society um, because people live up to these false expectations, not realizing that a lot of people behind these smiles are struggling. Mm-hmm. They really are. And, you know, and, and, and you try to live up and measure up to someone else's happiness because you don't know happiness for yourself. And then when you miss that mark, it's almost as a, fo- it's almost a form of self-rejection, right? Like you get rejected. And if you don't know how to deal with rejection, you can spiral very quickly. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really, um, mental health is a very, very big umbrella. Um, and I'm just glad that like, you know, you all are, are having a plat or have a platform to have these types of conversations because it is something that's very, very big. And I think it's, it's, uh, even better that you know some of us are in therapy and having the conversations about going to therapy and what that looks like because more people need to be talking about this. I think a lot of people are now, like right, we hear more frequently now. But just think a couple of years ago, this wasn't this wasn't on everybody's radar as heavily yeah, as it, it is right not. now. But we're starting to see like people yeah. when you this pandemic when we were really on quarantine, like really shelter in place, you had to sit with yourself. So if you hate yourself, how did that go for you? Not you couldn't go well. anywhere. Everything was shut down. You couldn't go anywhere. The most excitement I had for a year was like Publix. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Like, oh, I'm going to go get me some bread today. <laughs> I wonder if they got the focaccia in stock. 
You know what I mean? Like, let me get dressed. To hop in the car. Like for real, how many of us were like legit getting dressed up, like jeans, right? Out of like out of sweatsuits, like jeans. My eyebrows was on, okay? Fluffed. Hair fixed. And then I might just shoot on over to Target if they open with their limited (laughs) hours. Just to just to be seen and push a buggy around, not getting anything. I'm just in there grabbing stuff. Just grabbing stuff just to be out of the house. (laughs) So imagine like being in a place where you you struggle you're struggling, you don't know which way to turn, you don't really have any identity of your of your own. And then it's no telling what else you're dealing with. And that's why I like I always say give people grace because you really don't know mm-hmm. what other people are dealing with. Like people, I know that this pandemic hit me hard from a loss standpoint, right? From losing people to COVID. But and I'm not minimizing that at all. But it's like you gotta consider people who lost their jobs, lost people who have families that they're trying to support and have no way mm. of doing that. Mm. Um, people who were already mentally fragile and in a place where they were just, life was beating them down. And then here comes a pandemic. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? So it's like, people are, are snapping. And I understand why they're snapping. I get it. But there's help. You just got to be willing to get help. And that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you said that because that was kind of one of my issues when I first started going to therapy. Um, like I said, it's been almost seven years, but honestly, I my sister knew the whole time and I had like cousins that knew, but I, my mom didn't even know I was in therapy until maybe, maybe last year. Might've been two years ago because that was just something that you, you don't do. I mean, you, you going through stuff. Okay. Figure it out. Like what you talking to somebody mm-hmm. for? What they, what they going to tell you? So I'm glad, like you said, I'm glad that it's kind of more out there now because I post all the time what my therapist told me. And then people, it used to be where people were like, um, they were kind of shy away from me if I would say that I was in therapy, but it was never a thing I was really ashamed of. But I had to come to the realization that it's okay. Like life is, life is hard and I needed somebody to talk to and other people need somebody to talk to. So if me coming out and saying, hey, I'm in therapy, this is what my therapist told me today, then I'll do that. I don't mind at all because I'm not ashamed of it. But I realized that I needed help getting where I wanted to go. And like Grace said, figuring out how I got to where I was. Mm -hmm. Because patterns patterns are going to keep going. It's just going to be a cycle Mm -hmm. until you figure out the part that you're playing in it and how you get out of it what's the underlying reason what's the cause of it what mm-hmm. can you control absolutely mm-hmm. i wish i had some sound effects right now that's true that would have been like, you gotta yeah. get fed up with yourself you get true. i've been, just I've like, been uh reading more books lately too and the last one that i read was i haven't quite finished it yet i'm almost there but atlas of the heart mm-hmm. um hmm. i think her name is Brene. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Talking about Brene uh, Brown, right? Yes. Yeah. When I tell you this book is amazing, um, and that's really, you know, it it, it helps you with the different emotions that there are, Mm -hmm. and it helps you figure out, okay, so what emotions am I feeling? Like, how did I get here? 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then how to process it, you know, moving forward. And she hits on so many different things. I think when I was looking to purchase the book, my the yoga director reached out to me. and was like, hey, you should read this book. Um, and later on told me that I was going to be leading the, uh, the book club. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I love oh, how you're she, leading it. Yeah. She's been oh, pushing you. Shouts out to her. She's been pushing me out of my comfort zone. Um, okay, girl, look at really. you, the next Oprah out here <laughs> doing yoga and shit. Okay. So, cause I wanted to, I've been praying. I was like, you know what? I want to read more books. I want to read my books. And she's been like pushing. I didn't tell her this. I'm just, I'm saying this, mm. you know, I'm praying about it, meditating. And she just starts all of a sudden pushing these books on to me. And then, hey, you know, I want you to lead this, you know, lead the book club. And I want you to lead with this book. And it held me accountable to read it Uh (laughs) because I'm like, I got to read it or I got to talk. So I need to know what I'm talking about. But Mm -hmm. when I've reviewed the book, the first thing that I read was about um, disappointments. And Mm -hmm. what caught my attention is just the definition. And it was saying how um, disappointments are unmet expectations mm-hmm. most yeah. of the time we That's set like these the very high expectations mm-hmm. so high that sometimes we live it we breathe it we smell it you know like we've mm-hmm. lived this expectation mm-hmm. it hasn't even happened um so when it doesn't come to fruition <laughs> mm-hmm. then that's when womp, disappointment womp. sets in and it's like well yeah. wait a minute <clears throat> You know, this is what I, you know, this is what I had said. So it was, it was saying how, um, you know, setting unmet expectations are high expectations for things that you cannot control. Right. Um, So as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, I'm all in. Like, I'm not. Yeah, Brene is a bomb author. I think I have like four of her books. I don't have that one so i just added it to my car yeah <laughs> i keep hearing about it but um uh, i'm reading i'm reading right now some other i've you know i'm like juggling like two book two books at a time but um to to piggyback off of yours for for readers and things like that or you know anybody that's on audiobooks Brene brown obviously this is a really good book that uh grace is talking about emotional detox as well is one that i i like swear by mm. by sherry Anna boyle um, it's by Sherrianna Boyle. It's called Emotional Detox. I read it about three years ago and she came out with Anxiety Detox, I think, like a, a year or so ago. And I got that one too. But Emotional Detox, my God, I read that book at least once a year. Like at least I I, I just keep it. Whenever I feel it, I go right back to it um, mm. because it helps with like different tools with, with things that we absorb. Um, to your point earlier, we put our head down and we just survive, right? We don't realize all of the things that we survive because we know that there's no safety net if we don't take care of things. Um, so you essentially are walking around and stacking things up against yourself. And you just before you know it, you shoulder in the weight of the world. And so emotional detox um, kind of talks about the emotional aspect of those things and being hard on yourself and how to just kind of shed that weight. So it's a really good book, especially for anyone that's considering therapy or people that are in therapy. Uh, it kind of gives you that little nudge if that's what you're needing to kind of go and seek out talking to someone else because um, she called me out on my shit when I read that book. I was like, oh God, this is me. This is mm-hmm. me. Like you ever been to church and the preacher's been preaching to you like, Listen, yep. is he talking about me? Yep. <laughs> Start looking around like, yep. 
Okay. Yeah, that's how I felt. So yeah, it's a, it's a really good book as well. So I swear by that one. I've I've had it for about three and a half years, and I I revisit it often, um, just kind of as a check in with myself. Um, you know, my my significant other calls it pulse checks. We do pulse checks and check in on yourself and make sure that you're good. Hmm. I like that. I'm going to have to get that book, too. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we will be sure to make sure to have all that information on our IG page. (laughs) And I will be sure to um, reinstate, we'll, you know, reiterate that information at the end of the podcast. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Really good book. Give people the information. Yeah, really. And I mean, if you don't, if you don't want to, or if you if you're thinking about there, you're like, oh, well, I'm not quite there yet. So what Pop said, like, these are some really, there's some really good books out there that will start that process for you um, to, you know, get you intrigued, get you thinking. Like, you know what? Hmm. You know, or at least just to start the little, you know, happens. Another book I started reading is called Atomic Habits. Um, Ooh, that's a good one, girl. I got that book too. That is yes. a good one. Yes. I started yeah. it. I started it, and then I was told I had to leave the book club, so I had to leave that one alone and, and do Atlas of the Heart. So I got to go back to Atomic Habits. But Atomic just, Habits is good, man. It's how to it's how to um, change your habits just by very small things. I think one of the examples that they gave that he gave was um, if you're trying to like quit smoking, right? Instead of saying like I'm trying to quit smoking, say I'm not a smoker. So as you say those things, like you will start to embody what mm-hmm. non-smokers do. You know what I mean? Like if you say, I don't smoke, then you won't do the things that smokers do. Like I think they said uh, one person was like, oh, not inst- instead of I'm trying to lose weight, you know, um, I ha- I'm a healthy person. I live a healthy lifestyle. And by saying that, you know, whenever they would go and buy food, it would be, it was an automatic thing. It was like, I'm a healthy person. And then you start thinking, well, do healthy people eat this? No. You know? And so they just automatically, so like put yourself in that mindset Mm -hmm. versus trying to be, um, just put yourself already there and you'll start to make those moves. So it's some really good books. Um, if anybody is interested, so, and it'll start the wheel going and you'll want more. Yeah. You'll want more. I think anybody is anybody will want an unbiased opinion about stuff. Mm-hmm. And it'll resonate, you know, in one way or another. And then, you know, it's up to you to complete it, but it definitely will get the wheels turning and you just go from there. People go through pros and cons of therapy to decide if they actually want to like go through with it. Like, do you have a whole list of therapists that you look and be like, hey, well, you know, she seems nice. And then you get your little freebie and it's like, eh, next. I did. Hmm. Yeah, I did. I just want to know the process. That way, when I make my decision or who I need to look into, what. Yeah, that's good. What do you need to look into? Yeah. Let's let's go go ahead, Um, Pop. All right. Well, so a couple of people that have asked that have leveraged uh, therapy um, that I've talked to best thing that I could say is get a short list together of what your expectations are, right? Like what, what do you seek? Like, and it could be something as simple as I'm not happy. I don't know why. Some days I don't want to get out of bed. I don't know why. You know what I mean? It could be anything. So get a short list of 
what the actual issue is that you that you're not okay with, right? What's your not okay list? Um, from there, you know, bubble out, do a line, and say, okay. Hold, let me get my piece of paper you- and pen. <laughs> Sorry, I can't yeah, so read. You now. bubble out and you basically do a line, and you and you're saying, okay, the way that it. Okay, let me backtrack here without getting too early. So basically, the the way that it worked for me is I visualized my perfect person. Like if I could go out to a like a build a bear or something and build my perfect person. Who would that person be that I could go to and like just give a hug and I would feel better? That's how I did it. Um, so I took bits and pieces of my grandmother and her wisdom and what she would tell me. And I said, okay, I need somebody that is going to give it to me straight and that is not going to BS me and tell me what it is that I want to hear and allow me to kind of guide the conversation. I need somebody who's firm. And can say what they're gonna say to me because I need that. I'm at that point. Um, I also need someone that um, is solutions driven and is productive. I don't need counterproductive. I can do counterproductive on my own. I can be productive on my own as well, but I need someone that is like solutions driven because obviously all of the things that I think I'm doing right, I'm still in this place. So I'm obviously missing the mark with something, but I'm not a professional in that in that respect. So I can't say what it is that I need. Mm-hmm. So I need someone that can take what it is that I'm telling them, absorb it, and actually work with me to create a plan instead mm-hmm. of trying to prescribe medicine or tell me to go, you know, to the gym and run it off or something like that. Yeah, all of those things work, but those things are band-aids. Right. I need like an actual solution, not a Band-Aid. Um, I also um, will tell you, think about your core values. Think about your own moral compass. Right. If you're someone that <clears throat> is more of a spiritual person versus a religious person, then you may not want to seek out someone who is going to be like a Christian-based therapist is going to, because they have those that are going Mm -hmm. to specifically refer to or may refer to scriptures and things like that, because that can be triggering for you. And that may very well be in part why you're even going to therapy to begin with. So you are now setting yourself up for failure because you are already stepping into a counterproductive situation. So know what your moral compass is, know what, what your values are and where you are right now. Don't think about, don't get so hung up on where you want to be. Where you want to be is important, but that's part of the beginning of your shortlist. Mm-hmm. The second part of that shortlist is getting very real with yourself about where you are right now. What do you feel right now? What do you believe in right now? Those things can be tweaked as you evolve and as you grow. So you can have the same therapist. And say in two years, I may not like my therapist anymore. Or it may not be that I don't like my therapist, but it may be that I've outgrown my therapist because now I've evolved some of my values and some of the the ways that I look at different things, right? So maybe I need to align to someone that is more scripture-based, right? Or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, So you have to be very real about what it is that you're seeking out, Um. And what it is that you believe. And, and once you get those short lists together, like I said, it doesn't need to be anything really granular or long or anything like that. 
You just need to be very real with yourself about two things. What are you feeling right now? What is the actual things that you are struggling with right now that you know you're not okay with? That maybe no one else knows that you're not okay with, but you know you're not okay with. Second part to that is where are you with your values and what you seek? And then you take those two things and you put it together and just visualize if I had my perfect person, you know, like for me, I don't have my grandmother here anymore. So it's like if I if I could visualize someone that would be my go to that would give me that wisdom that is fulfilling. Right. You feel like you leave the conversation full and robust. You're not leaving depleted. What would that person look like? And that's when you start building out what your therapist is. And there's therapists for everyone. Literally. Like I started out with, um, I started out actually with better help. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you all are familiar with better help. I started out with better help. I, I really enjoyed them. Um, because you can go on there and drill down, um, all the way down to like your sexual preferences, right. To get people that are more in line with your life. You know, obviously I don't want to talk to someone that's homophobic, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause they're going to be right. like, if I talk about anything relationship wise, they're going to be judgy off rip. So it's like, you know, um, so you can drill all the way down and they also have like a financial thing where you can get like a discount or something for six, every six months they renew it or whatever, whatever your discount is based off of like what you make and stuff. And it was really good. But um, what I enjoyed about it is you have your main therapist but you also have access to a network of over 400 other therapists that do what they call groupinars every week. And so I had my main therapist, but I was also taking like um, trauma webinars or groupinars. Um, I was also taking like relationship and just being a better partner um, groupinars and things like that. So it's a very expansive network. Um, and what I ended up doing is I still have access to BetterHelp, but I ended up working with my therapist that I met off of BetterHelp separate of BetterHelp. So now I work with her directly through her practice. Okay. That's what's up. Hmm. That's what's yeah. up. So it's really, it's it's a lot out there. I know that it's a lot and it's, it's easy to get discouraged, but... Yeah. The same way you don't want someone to give up on you, you have to keep that at the forefront of your thoughts and not give up on yourself. Right. And so even though it sounds like a lot and you're, you're, you know, you're looking at the base of the mountain and, you know, you're looking up and you're like, oh, my God, this is such a big thing. You can get discouraged. You're just like, screw it. I'm just going to take a nap or I'm going to do something else. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> It's like, don't give up on yourself for real, because one of the, the, the quote that I have in my profile on Instagram is the, the greatest views come after the climb. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, that climb is hell. It has its moments, but it's so rewarding once you get to the top and you're just like, I really am a better version of me now because I've shed all of the stuff that I've just been walking around with silently that people just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And you also make room for other things too. I think that, um, people don't realize how much you, you know, hold on to subconsciously. And so Mm -hmm. when you do finally decide to remove those things or shed that weight, it really does open you up to different things, a different perspective, um, a different level of people, 
that you engage with. You know, like once you've healed from something, um, you are able to recognize toxic people, you know, or toxic characteristics. Is there a hand clap sound effects somewhere? Um, (laughs) I'm sure I can add it in. Um, Unfortunately, I don't have one on demand. So, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll figure it out. I almost though, ran like around the living room on you on that one, Gracie. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Once you start, once you heal from something, you do start to recognize these characteristics of other people that are mm-hmm. toxic or broken, or, you know, even the relationships that you shared with someone based on a certain level of trauma you know, you've healed from it and they're still in the same space. So mm-hmm. you're not yeah. as likely to continue with them because you don't see things the same anymore. You've grown and they haven't. So, you know, just yeah. in, in that you open yourself and you don't realize, a lot of people don't realize what you're holding on to. Like, it's almost like what you eat comes out, right? It, it, it Whatever mm-hmm. you eat, it comes out through your pores. You know, it's reflecting um, through your hair, through your skin, through your, you know, your body, pretty much like everything that you intake, you know, and that goes for energy that goes for everything else. So once you're able to shed that, you know, it opens you up to a whole different type of level and energy, um, and light, you know, lightness to where when someone else you're, you're able to detect someone else's bullshit <laughs> you know or that that yeah. uh what's the word Tox- Laura. Tox- toxicity toxicity <laughs> toxicity you're able to you know notice that a little bit quicker and you're quicker to yeah you know what i'm, I'm not with that i don't want to be around that um you won't be around that person and it'll open you up to just a whole different level uh, of of things that you want to receive and things that you want to happen like I can't even explain it other than what I've said. So just. It's just liberating. It is. That's, that's the, the word that like jumps out of me. Every, every, everything you say, I'm just like, yo, it's just like, because it is hard to describe it. Like, it's just liberating. Like you, you realize how, when you start to heal, you, you realize who's been around you that's been content with you being where you are because it benefits them. You start to, mm-hmm. your discernment starts to evolve. Um, and it's nothing personal, but I mean, you know, there's people that I've had to shed over the past like year or two, um, just with being on a, you know, this self growth journey, you know what I mean? And it's going to ha- it happens to all of us. You know what I mean? You realize that you have what they call trauma bonds with people. Mm-hmm. Like you Absolutely. can, you can relate to people. Yeah. You can relate to people and connect with people because you guys have similar traumas or similar experiences and similar chaos um, and, you know, different things. And, and, and those things, you start to get tethered to those people. And then you wonder why you're always in this weird funk or in this weird place and you're not happy. You're absorbing that energy. And I'm very big on energy. I know Gracie is as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you have to be very mindful of who and what you allow within your presence, especially while you're on a, on a healing journey and going through therapy because therapy strips you. Like if you think of paint thinner, therapy is stripping you down to the bare studs of you, right? Like you are peeling away everything that, 
you have been building up and bubbling and insulating yourself with for however long you've been on this earth, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and not to get super spiritual, but if you've been here a couple of times, you might be carrying some residual stuff from some other life. So, Ooh. you know, um, and cause that's a very real thing, you know, um, that you may have to address, but at the end of the day, you know, therapy, it, it, and I think, you know, going back to men, I think just in general, all people can find some sort of benefit in therapy. You just have to make the first attempt. And once you get that very first, it's like a roller coaster, right? You know, we get in the line, we want to get on the roller coaster, we hyped up. And then once we're in the seat and we're locked in and we can't back out, it's like, oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know? Y'all going to be on the roller coaster. <laughs> but once the roller coaster is over, you like, oh, all right. That was actually, you know, it was kind of like that was that was exhilarating. I had a good time. That's what that's what I kind of like relate to the very first meeting with a therapist. Right. You you can talk yourself out of anything. And we're all very good at talking ourselves out of all kinds of different things. That's just human nature. But the decision to make that first step or take that first step, once you take it, you will realize very quickly it's going to be like a domino effect. You're going to be like, all right, so am I going to talk to you every two weeks or am I going to talk to you every week? Because then you're going to realize in that first in that first meeting with your therapist like that you can just be your authentic self because this person doesn't know you. So you don't have to prove anything to them. Mm-hmm. And they're not, they're not interested in trying to get to know that person that you're trying to pretend to be too. And I think, um, and Pop, you kind of, you made a good point um, earlier with what you just said. I think that, I think going to therapy too, on the other hand, is a level of accountability that I think people aren't ready for. You know, because- yeah, yeah. There a you lot go. Of times you hit it on the head. Don't know. You know, if you don't know something, then you know it kind of gives you the freedom to just continue to do and be how you've been. But mm-hmm. once you have pulled back those layers, and now you can identify, and you figured it out, now you have a level of accountability. It's like, okay, now I know. So at this point, are you going to continue to do the same thing, make those same decisions, or are you going to maneuver? So I think sometimes, too, in people deciding not to go to therapy, I think that some people know that they have an issue, that there is a problem, that they're continuing to go around in this circle, and they don't know why, but they know it's something wrong. But I think sometimes, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I guess like when... um marriages or relationships it's oh let's go to couples therapy or let's go to you know therapy it's like no I don't want to go you know there's nothing wrong with me like you know there's something wrong you know there's something wrong with the relationship or you know there's something wrong with whatever it is that you're dealing with but you don't want to be held accountable there's you don't want to know with me I think they just take it's taken out of context there's nothing wrong with me like mm-hmm. I don't mean there's something wrong with you but like there may be something wrong with this. Yeah, the situation. And 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 people don't want, you know, someone that's not healed or not healthy, I say, like, so to speak, and I'm just speaking in general terms, and I could be wrong, may not want to know. If you don't know, you can avoid it. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, you don't know better, you know, and you can just continue to act a fool or to continue to, to do whatever it is that you're doing. But once you go to <clears throat> therapy, once you've been stripped, as Papa said, <laughs> Now you know. 
And yeah. it's like, okay, so what are you going to do at this point? How are you going to move forward? So there's a level of accountability. So now that you do know, you're you're now making a choice. Accountability is big. And then you got to get to a point where, like, you look around, right? And this isn't any knock to anyone else. But, like, you know, I look around at some of, like, the older generations, right, that we all have somebody in our family. <laughs> we all have that one person in our family or multiple and you're just like, bro, I'm not trying to be doing that at that age. <laughs> like, that's not going to be my life at that age. Like, you know what I'm saying? You re- And it's like, for real, like, you got to look around and be like, that's not going to be it for me. You I, see Cliff I need over more. There? Look at Cliff. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yo, you, do you, you, do you want to be that there. person? Because most of us are knocking on, like, you know what I mean? Come on now. Like, I'm, hey. what, I, I'm about to be 30, 38 in, like, a, or less than a week. So it's like at the end of the day, it's like, you know, nobody's aging backwards. Mm-hmm. Time you know doesn't what I mean? Wait. So it's yeah, like no. time doesn't wait and things like that. And it's like at some point you got to get to you. You have to like look around. And I, and I think I said this on Twitter uh, recently where like you I was asking the question. I posed the question like, have you ever just sat down and actually absorbed where you are in the moment right now? Like I have. it could be anything like, Wow. Look at all I that have. I have. At some point in my life, I prayed for this. Like, mm. you know, I can't believe it. I got this. Or like, you know, wow. Like, have, just these moments of clarity, right? These moments of gratitude. And they come mm. in in like little bursts and things like that. But I also have moments of like um, epiphanies, right? Like where I'll like look around and I'm just like, Ash, you tripping. Like, you bullshitting. Get your stuff together. Like, you know, you slacking. Like, you know what I mean? You have to hold yourself accountable. You have to hold yourself to a different standard, especially when you're starting to start in this journey because you can't half-ass therapy because these people are trained. They see right through you. Like, they see right through all of the things you're going to hit them with. They see right through all of the BS and all that stuff. So you might as well just come at them as as authentic as possible. Um, But it's like, I just looked around at my surroundings, like even with some of the people that I had to shed friendship wise, you know, like, mm. look, bro, look how old we are. Why are you still doing this stuff? Like, that's crazy. You older than me. Like, what are we doing? Mm. Or like, you know, <laughs> even if you're not older than me, like when we're the same age, like, why do you think this is still cute? I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't care to be. There's a lot of that going around. Yeah. Like you, you start to look around <laughs> and you just realize like. There's so much more for me. And the only reason why I have not attained that more is because of me. And I'm in my own way mm. because I'm too, too terrified of my own reflection in the mirror mm. to get real about my healing and get real about the things that I want. I can't sit here and say that I want to get married and have kids, and have a family um, and build out this life for somebody. And then I'm a trash ass partner. You know what I mean? I, I can't sit here and say that I want to be a strong businesswoman and manifest wealth and then my mind isn't right because I was conditioned to believe certain things. So once I actually get money, I blow through it. And I, I'm not really understanding generational wealth and things like that. I'm just mm. basically hopping on the bandwagon because everybody talks about it on social media. So I'm like, yeah, generational wealth this, generational wealth that. But realistically, it's something in me that feels the need to blow through all my money to try to get validation from strangers for what? Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's different things, different components of therapy, whatever it is that you're going through. Don't think that it has to be just depression and it right. has to be just anxiety or whatever. Man. Therapy is beneficial to everyone because we all have shit. 
We all have shit. All of us got shit. <laughs> we all got <laughs> shit. Like, we yeah. all got shit. We all got shit. Just like, different levels real. of it. Different levels of Different them. levels and of shit. Different amounts of it. Mm. We all yeah, got and shit. Like, I'm a high functioning, <laughs> like a, a vulnerability <laughs> moment. I can keep it a buck. I can keep it a buck. A vulnerability moment. I'm a high functioning, depressive person. Like, I mean, you all know that. Well, Maya and Grace know that, but like, I'm a high functioning depressive person. I have anxiety disorder. I have ADHD minus the hyperactivity, but I still do. And I stopped, I decided last year to stop taking Adderall. You know what I'm saying? Like cold turkey. So I was dealing with something that was like a coping mechanism wow. for me and kept me on track to no longer having that as a crutch, right? So at this point, I'm dealing with my thoughts being on 10,000 at any given moment. I'm dealing with a high demand career. I'm trying to run a business. So it was like, all right, you need to go talk. To, you got to you got to yeah. do if you're going to get rid of Adderall, you got to have a consistent therapist because to get rid of one thing, you got to replace it with something else. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So Everything it's just mindful answer. practices and healthy healthy things. And out of therapy, I realized that like really being a high functioning depressive person really ain't shit. Like I really haven't had any episodes or anything like that recently. And I think that's because in therapy, I realized Damn, therapy isn't just about anxiety and depression. All that I was getting on my own damn nerves and was stressing myself out and mm. didn't realize, <laughs> realize right, it. Right. So overthinking, overanalyzing, trying to control things time, that you can't control. Every FaceTime and phone call was answered. Ooh, yeah, like every at, FaceTime. At that point, hello, you know, always you okay? being for being there for everyone else and not. And not knowing how to be there for myself, you know, I realized that therapy is so much more than what people have labeled it as a labeled the reason for needing to seek therapy. It's so much more than that. That's why like everybody could benefit from it because we all have shit. Like if you are one of these people that has to be on social media all the time, go talk to a damn therapist. Why do you need validation from strangers? Why? Mm. Do you have a business? Do you have a business that requires you to be an influencer and post different things? Are you getting a check from Instagram or Facebook for for what you're doing, for being a content creator? Do you have a business that is is profiting from the content that you're putting out there? No, you're just a regular Joe Schmo just out here just posting just, just to be posting? Okay, then talk to somebody about why you feel the need to have other people like you so much. That part. That means you don't like you enough. So yes. you, you, your cup is only half full and you're needing the, these other people to pour into you. So when you come across mm-hmm. trolls and they talk they shit to you, now you're destroyed. You're shattered mm-hmm. off of the opinions of somebody that doesn't even matter. They probably hate themselves. Just as much, if not more, which is why they're up under your pictures saying the shit that they're saying. But you have given them the power over you Mm. because you haven't addressed the power that has always been in you and poured back into yourself. But that's it. I'm not going to preach anymore. No. Hey. No. I love it. I have everything that you said was, was great. And even with social media, like needing validation, um, you know, on social media. And it's, it's funny too, because I, I recently realized, um, and I don't have a therapist yet. I can't, I can't wait to get one, but, uh, or I can't wait to, you know, 
get my place. <laughs> but you ever think we'll be at that age hollering? I yeah. can't wait to get a therapist. I, listen, I can't wait to get into you know. I get can't my wait to like talk somebody and unleash all my problems right. and my insecurities and my listen, anxieties on. Because I'm noticing these can't different wait. things on my on, like on my own. Right. And I'm 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 curious because one of the things and and pop you kind of touched on it, it's like even if you're not recognizing that you're seeking validation in social media, there could be other levels that you might be seeking validation in. And it could just be, you know, in dating, you know, or when you're talking to someone else and you really like this person and, you know, they're shaky or they're not showing you, you know, the interest that you're wanting or that you're needing, you know, and you're sending photographs, you know, Mm -hmm. or you're texting, trying to, say certain things or do certain things and you're seeking low key seeking validation in those text messages or in those photographs because you're wanting this person to choose you and they haven't. Mm-hmm. So you be mindful of being a flight risk. People right, always like your, get like the first little sense of rejection and they out, they running that part. Bye. So it's just like, you know, you may not be seeking validation on social media, but are you seeking validation from someone else, you know, trying to low key try to explain why you're the person that they're supposed to be with or you're the person that, you know, is supposed to be chosen because you're constantly through your text messages or photos or whatever you're trying to convince, you know, and I've low key, you know, figured that part out, you know, too. So it's a lot of, you know, different things that, you know, people seek validation whether it's with people that you're dating whether it's social media hell it could be with your parents you know or mm-hmm. you know with your family constantly seeking um that type of validation to be whoever it is that they're expecting you to be and that you're not you know so sparks how did you um pick the person that you've been with because you said you've been in it for seven years so how did you you know pick the person that you're with and and how do you do you ever think to possibly go with someone else or to get another perspective or what has kept you with the person that you're currently with? Um, Like I said earlier, I went through the EAP program with my job. And I think when I went on there, there was a way to kind of filter out doctors maybe. And I knew that I wanted a woman. Um, I was pretty sure I wanted a black woman. wasn't positive. I was pretty sure I was. So, you know, I went through the names and looked for a black name. Hey, how else am I going to do it? So I picked out, you know, a couple of people and I kind of Googled them just to kind of look at their background kind of thing. And I was like, okay, because I'm the overthinker. I'm the one where, um, you know, like Pop said, make the list and, you know, kind of have that idea. I can't do that because like she said, I'll talk myself out of it. I'll get overwhelmed and I'd be like, all right, this is too much. I'm not going. So it was one of those things where I just had to jump in head first. And it was like, okay, I picked this, I picked her. I'm going to talk to her. Um, I got three free sessions. The first session was just like the intake where they ask you all the questions. And I want to say it was the second session where we were talking. And um, at this point, my dad had passed two years before that and we started talking about my dad and I totally lost it lost every single one of my marbles and you know how we are whenever we lose people we have we're okay but we have those moments that's the point where I realized I was not okay 
And um, just her being able to kind of see that and ask me the right questions made me like, okay, I'm going to stick with her. So then the third appointment came and we kept talking. And um, at the end, she was like, okay, well, this was your last free session. She said, but I want to see you again. So come back next week. She didn't charge me for the session. I want to say she didn't charge for maybe the next like two sessions or so. So I kept going back to see her. And then I was like, okay, this is the one. Like she's able to hear me. She's able to know when I have more to give that maybe I'm just not giving. Um, I have been with her for a long time. There's been breaks, but they were smaller breaks. Um, At one time we had some miscommunication with rescheduling. And I thought she was going to call me to reschedule and she didn't. So then I was upset because I felt like she broke up with me. Then I realized, oh, you have abandonment issues. Great. Call her. So um, I called her. We talked again and then I moved. I got with her in 2015 when I was living in Charlotte. I moved from Charlotte (laughs) 2017. That's when we started doing video because she's still in Charlotte. Well, she was. Now she's in Chapel Hill. But we started doing video. So I've gone from going every week to going every two weeks to um, about every month to it sounds like you're doing good. You're progressing well. Let me know, you know, when you need something. We won't schedule anything right now, but just text me if you need something to now we were had gone back to about two weeks. We were at a month. I just talked to her Saturday. She got the the update on everything that just happened. So now we're back to every two weeks. But um, I've stayed with her because I'll say that as I've grown, she's grown with me. And she has been able to, like I said, pull things from me that I didn't necessarily think was an issue or think that um, was something that I needed to address. And I think just the fact that she's been there through the process and has seen all of the growth it helps me because if I tell her something, I know that she already knows where I came from. So she's able to say, okay, because I was telling her about some guy, I can't remember who it was, but I was like, yeah, you know, he just reminds me so much of me and we get along so well. And I was, and we had a situation where we fell out and I told her about it. And she said, well, let me ask you a question. And I said, what's that? She said, you said he sounds just like you. She said, which version of you? I said, oh, hmm. Okay, well, she was like, is it the version of you now that has done the self-work or is it the version of you that was still trying to figure it out? And I said, well, it was the version of me that was still trying to figure it out. She said, okay, so I think you know what to do. I said, "Mm mm-hmm, I do. So I think just kind of her being with me all of these years and her seeing the growth helps me to keep myself accountable because I could mm. like, I could call another therapist today and I could tell her the same as I've been telling my therapist, but with my therapist, she'll know, okay, Sparky, you need to pull it together, get it together. You've gone through this. You know, better. You actually have experienced better. You know, better You're self aware Now, you know exactly what you need to be doing when this other therapist will be starting from like ground zero with me. So that's kind of why I've stayed with her. But she's um she's cool. The um one situation I had, I thought she was ready to go pull up the dude house with me. She <laughs> that's my dog. I love her. She's amazing. Hmm. Well, kudos nice. to you for keeping the same, you know, person too from what you just said, because you could easily 
not hold yourself self accountable and go to someone else and say, you know what, <laughs> let me explain this situation to somebody else and see what, you know, see what they have to say. Right. Um, Cause you could have easily done that too and try to find like a workaround as far as, you know, what you've gone through. So, right, like, you know, let me reword this, see what right. she said. And see what, you know, <laughs> see what this person says. So I think it's great that you've been able to develop a relationship and a trust with the person that you have now um, so that she can hold you accountable and so that you can, you know, and I think that sometimes like, even with people, we find those really good friends. And if you're lucky to have really great friends that, you know, care about your feelings and they got your back, but at the same time, like, you know what, I'm going to tell you the truth. You know what I mean? There's this few and far between um, having friends that way. So if you're lucky enough to find friends like that, that's great. Um, that you have them, you know, but also thanks. still, huh? I said, thanks. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's great that you have them, but it's, it's, you know, it's still great to have someone that's non-biased, yeah. um, to able to have another level or just a different level of accountability, you know, for you. Um, and for, and just to have a fresh take on, the things that you might have been through or things that you want to disclose to them and they might find different patterns. I mean, and this is, this is, is an educated, this is a person that's educated in this particularly, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. specifically. Um, so I know it's hard to open up to other people or to explain your life or um, to even explain what has happened to you. And you know what, you never know what might come up. Something that you just didn't came even up know. For me. There you go. Like, I just no for real. Like as when Sparks was talking, I was like, "Damn, I have a repressed therapy session." Hey. I've had a therapy session before, what? and it was so long ago. Like I don't, I don't even remember the lady's name. I I know she was a white woman. I do know that. And this was when I was working at Bank of America. So, but yeah, I think I was. I was sitting here listening to Sparks talk, and I was like, "Oh shit." I just repressed my therapy session like a motherfucker. Well, because this was they, maybe, they be serious now. They be deep because I had um yeah because I didn't. I, this was after my dad passed, mm. and I had a, a session. I found a, uh, somebody through Bank of America, or whatever. End up going to her, and I think within like five minutes of the conversation, I was in that crying, yeah. like crying. Yeah. And I don't even, that's crazy. And I think I, I think I had maybe, I want to say I had two sessions with her, but I don't remember because it was so long ago. Because mm-hmm. I was, like I said, I was still at Bank of America and I left Bank of America. That was what, like 2013, 14, something like that. Shit. Yeah. They'll help you get to, yeah, I mean, again, it's like a map, you know, help you right. figure out how you got here. Mm-hmm. And it could be something that, something that happened to you you know, again, and, and just like Papa said earlier, and I said earlier too, you might've been raised in a household where, you know, your feelings just weren't, not saying they didn't matter, but in the grand scheme of things of what was going on at that particular time, your feelings weren't priority, you know, to your parents and, um, or to whatever situation was happening in that moment. And so you might have been told or you might not have been told anything. You might have just seen, you know, what was happening. And you might now be maneuvering or moving the same way that you saw, you know, your parents, your grandparents, aunts, uncles or whatever. You saw them move, you know, so long ago. 
And, you know, to go back to, you know, my mom not crying and, and, you know, sitting at my father's funeral and literally like not seeing her cry, you know, and that stuck with me Mm -hmm. and not realizing internally what I did with it, just, just seeing it on the surface level. It's like, oh, okay, I see this. And, you know, that's surprising, but okay. But just carrying that and into now me having a child. Right. And not even thinking about it, but subconsciously pushing that onto him or even just not crying, you know, in front of him. And I had a moment where, you know, I don't know if, you know, some people know and some people don't. My son has juvenile arthritis. And so he has days where he has flare ups, you know, and he does not understand why his body does what it does Mm -hmm. and where this came from. Um, and he doesn't even want to recognize it because he feels like if he recognizes it or says that he's in pain, then he's going to have to go back to the hospital. Yeah. You know, and having to deal with that. I mean, you've seen it, Maya, to where he will be in complete, utter pain and will act as if there's nothing wrong with him. <laughs> he won't be- say nothing. Well, he's nope, I'm fine. Um, just in fear of having to go back to the hospital mm-hmm. um, because he doesn't want to, or he fears, you know, well, the last time I went into the hospital, you know, I stayed for almost two months. So is that going to happen again? You know, if, when I go into this visit, if I tell them that this is hurting me, are they going to, you know, take me to the back room? Yeah. Like, are they going to keep me here? So his reaction is to not say anything or to hold this pain you know, inside of him. And so one time he had one of his reactions and I remember, um, you know, not crying, not, you know, okay, okay, let's fix it. Let's fix it. And he finally, I don't know what had happened. I don't know if we, I didn't give him medicine. I think I just told him to drink a bunch of water. I made him some food. I made him sit down, calm down. And somehow he ended up feeling better. And I remember he walked out to me and he said, "Uh, mommy, look, And he just jumped, you know, Mm because sometimes it gets so bad where he can't even walk. Yeah. And he just jumped. He said, look, mommy, I can jump. Look at my hands, you know, and he moved his hands back and forth. And I just looked at him and I just started crying. And my first thought was like, okay, wipe your tears. Like, don't, you know, no, no, no. Like, you need to be strong because he needs to be strong. Mm -hmm. And something in the back of my mind was like, you know what? Fuck that. (laughs) You know, let this go. Let my baby see me cry. Yeah, like let this go. And let I him did. see me weep. And I just, I did. And I just let, I just sat there and I just let it all go. And I just cried. It was the first time I cried in front of him. And he just looked at me and he gave me a hug and he said, mommy, don't cry. Aww. I'm okay. You know, and he just, but it was a moment to show him it's Okay. It's okay to cry. And I explained to him, these aren't sad tears. These are happy tears. You know, I'm happy that you're okay. So, you know, just recognizing that there are things that when you talk to a therapist, there are things that might come up that you have buried so deep or something that just happened so quickly. And you don't even realize why you do the things Mm -hmm. that you're doing now because it has manifested in your life to the point where now, you know, you just do it automatically. And it's like, well, well, do you know that this isn't, this isn't normal. <laughs> you know, this is not something that you're supposed to sweep under the rug. Like this is something mm-hmm. that's coming out because you've suppressed it for so long and this is your reaction oh, honey, to I it. I swept, okay? All these years. Yes, you know, I swept. I swept. 
Yeah. And sometimes people have to get T. very real. People have to get very real with the fact that, like, in 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 all of that and in accountability, that sometimes some of those things that are fleeting are things that we don't realize. Like one of the biggest things in therapy that I realize is is a lot of what I do as an adult comes from behaviors that I've conditioned myself from childhood in, mm-hmm. right? And so <clears throat> in that accountability, you get you have to get very real with yourself and realize that we are very good at perfecting chaos and masking it as as having it together. Mm. And you can you you can maneuver through chaos because that may be all that you've known. And so anything that is actually normal or by society's t- terms, normal, um, seems odd to you. Um, but realistically, like, it, it actually is more healthy for you and your mental health and just you overall. So, I mean, you you know, those, those are things that you figure out in therapy. Um, but it's definitely, it's so rewarding. I don't know, like, I know you all have seen the girl from me, but it's like, it's. I think I just recently, uh, recently had that epiphany where I was like, dang, it's like you... You're doing your thing, like you know. What I mean, kind of <laughs> give myself a little pat on the back. Yeah. But I mean, like you, you, like I'm, I'm so far from being who I was this time last year. Amen. I'm so far from being like now. You know, like sometimes we say, like I'm not even who I was last month, and blah blah mm. blah. But we, we really do be. Like, I mean, that's just some bullshit that everybody says, like, on social media. Like, you know, we be saying that to try to give ourselves like a little, little jolt of a pep talk. But for real, we really do be. We be perpetuating yeah. the same bullshit and the same hamster wheel <laughs> mentalities and the same, like, doing the same thing over and over and over again and then be trying to keep up with the Joneses. Uh, Other people that are faking the funk on social media talk about, so I ain't even the same person that I was 60 days yes, ago. She was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, she was. Yeah, we are. We all yes, in the same are. little boat. <laughs> yeah, at this point, the boat's so packed now. Like, we, we all here. You ain't even got a front anymore. But, you know, like, once you go through therapy, you truly can say that and actually stand on that shit. Like when I say I'm not the same person that I was 60 days ago, I can say that and actually believe it myself because it actually is my life. Right. Like and because in therapy, you start to develop mindful practices. Like in yoga and things like that, like for those yes. who are familiar with yoga, Gracie is, of course, obviously <laughs> a wonderful instructor. Um, but you better you know, talk about and, that practice in mindfulness. Yeah. And practicing mindfulness, like in, in, in yoga and things like that, because I do yoga as well. I'm not, I am not a guru like Grace. Let's go ahead and put that <laughs> out there. So please do not DM me about no position. That needs to be routed to Gracie. Girl, okay. every time I repost something, I make sure it's going under her information. Yeah. Her. It's, it's, that's the Don't hug. Come Don't over here. here. I just know I just where she goes. Because, you know, I, just, I, I, I like to be a little flexible. I'm not trying to be, you know. <laughs> So down when I'm older, but um, yeah. So no, in 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 yoga specifically, like you know, um, you talk about mindful practices, um, and that you know a lot of that is pulled in for anybody that's ever like read about Buddhism, Hinduism, and so on and so forth. A lot of those different things are in those practices, rooted in those practices. But mindful practices are very important. Because you you have, um, like I said, what we call like pulse checks, you know what I'm saying? Like we do pulse checks in a relationship capacity, right? But you also have to do pulse checks within yourself, right? Sometimes you have to actually check in with yourself. And through therapy, you start 
implementing those mindful practices, right? Mm-hmm. And mindful practices is just being aware that and being mindful and being that. present. And and presence is such a big thing. And it took on a whole other meaning for me um, this past year because uh, to Grace's point, like, you know, we do put our, our head down and we just push through and we're doing this and we're doing that. And I'm like, I'm always busy. Like, you know, and I, I feel like even when I have downtime, I'm not allowing myself to enjoy that downtime because mm-hmm. I'm, I, I feel like I need to be doing something. So I may get up and deep clean the house. Why am I deep cleaning the house? I just cleaned it yesterday. Like, why are we mm-hmm. doing this again? But I can't sit still. And so it's just being mindful of those different things and saying, like, now nah, this is your area of opportunity for this month. This month, this is what you need to focus on. And that's why I say grace is such a very big word that really you could leverage as your anchor through this journey. Give yourself grace and give other people grace. A lot of times we we look to say in a year from now, this is what I, I expect. Stop, stop holding yourself to the, yes. these types of standards. At the end of this week, I expect to be more mindful about X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. At the end of this month, I expect to be more mindful and better at X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And the next two months, take it a day at a time. Stop setting yourself up for these unrealistic expectations, which we touched on earlier. Unrealistic expectations, because here's the thing. Old habits are hard to break. And a lot of us have to realize that therapy is going to pull out all of the habits that you have been conditioned to to believe, to to practice in your day to day. It could be, you know, from generational things passed on through family. And this is the way that you do things and so on for the majority of your life. So let's say if you're in your 30s, 40s. That's 30 plus years Mm. of you doing something and believing that that is right until you got to this point in your life where you realize something is not adding up. Something doesn't feel right. I don't feel right. So give yourself grace because these are things that you are, you're untangling the cords. You're unraveling things and you're rebraiding them up to be what works for you, not what works for everyone else. So give yourself grace. Take it a day at a time. Don't set yourself up for being like, in a year, oh, I'm trying to be perfect and blah, 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 blah. And all this. That's not how this works. Uh-uh. Start out with a couple of days. In two days, you know, this is what my expectation is. In five days, I hope to feel better about this. In five days, I hope to be journaling or writing out my thoughts and being better at being present and enjoying moments. In, in a month, I hope to be you know, better at communication, not perfect at communication, because a lot of times people forget there's a difference between healing and being healed. None of us are ever healed. Mm. So once you come to terms with that, it's coasting because you're always going to be evolving. You're always going to be healing. And you got to give yourself grace and understand that because people are so focused on being healed, which kind of goes back to this, this sense of validation and needing to prove everybody else wrong. Like, Oh, I'm healed. Now I got this. You're never going to be all the way healed. Sorry. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the, that's the spoiler alert. You're never going to always be healed because life be lifing. Okay. (laughs) So you got to understand that you are already on the right path because you are taking this step to better yourself and get therapy and deal with all the shit that you have, you know, repressed and 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 buried deep down 
for 30 plus years, you're dealing with that while life is still going on. Your mm-hmm. present day life is still going on. So you will never be fully healed. Mm-hmm. You will be closer to that to being, but understand that you are always going to be a work in progress. Yes. I think that you know I mean? one of the things that I learned and one of the things that I love about um, yoga so much and, and not to go too deep into it is that we do practice mindfulness. And one of the things that I'm constantly saying in class um, is to like, there's certain poses, you know, like hip openers, right. Um, that to where, if you're not flexible, quote unquote, I think everybody thinks that you have to be flexible to be in yoga. Um, and you don't, you know, you, you, the, the, the whole point of yoga is literally the process. That's literally what it is. You're going through these poses and learning how to align your body and also how to breathe. That's really what this is. And the more you allow yourself to align, first of all, breathing goes a lot into allowing your body to align itself, especially when you're twisting and turning and doing different things. So once you get the breathing down and you're able to align yourself into um, the position that you're trying to be in, one of the things that I say in my class is, you know, when you set an intention for your today's classes, set set your thoughts on what you're wanting to be or what your goal is to be when you finish this class. And um, if someone doesn't have an intention, one of my intentions have been lately for the class is just to practice mindfulness and to look inward. And in doing so, don't worry about what's going on in front of you, behind you, beside you. You know, it's your practice. It's your mat. You do what you feel is necessary. Either you stay exactly where you are or you go for a challenge. You know, but at the end of the day, don't hold yourself to these expectations of what you think this is supposed to be or what this post is supposed to look like. You know, what does it feel like in your body? Everybody's body is different. What something looks like in your body is going to look completely different than somebody else's. So, and what I love about that and saying that is that you can take that off the mat and actually utilize that in real life. You know, who cares about what's going on around you, in front of you, behind you? What does your life look like? What do you need? You know, um, and one of these hip opener, you know, poses, one of the things that I say is, you know, in life, we find ourselves in uncomfortable positions, right? Notice it. Doesn't mean you can't do it. It's just uncomfortable. It never lasts. Like breathe through it, feel it, and then let it go. That's it. So a lot of stuff that you learn in yoga is a lot of is things that you can do outside of that. And you really just start to process and do things off the mat or outside in real life. And it's just, it's not about the poses. It's not about, you know, getting to the point where you can do all this, you know, fun stuff or neat stuff like that's That's great. You know, I can do these poses and these, diff- these things that look difficult, but in the end, it's really all about the process what it took for me to get from point A to point B and what I learned and being able to get there. So absolutely. I'm off my soapbox. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) I was engaged, girl. What happened? I just want to make sure I ain't missing. Yeah, no, it is this dope too. It's like a a way to one of the many ways to kinda and that that was helpful for me. One of the many many things that you could do to kind of help yourself, right, through, through the whole journey, right? Because some people just go to the gym. Some people, you know, meditate. Some people 
self-medicate. <laughs> so people do a lot of different things, you know, like whatever, whatever works for you, you know, there's no judgment or whatever. But like, I know um, earlier um, Maya sent over when she was talking about um, you all recording this and one of the different things, that she, the different things that she was talking about. And um, she had mentioned like the, I guess the alternatives, right? Like the support groups or the different things that you leverage from a therapy standpoint, well, while you're on your therapy journey, I guess. I don't know. Maya, you're going to have to help me out here because I feel like no, I'm kind of pulling no. it from memory, no, but you know where I'm going with right. it. Yeah, I know exactly where you're going with it. I definitely understand. I'm with you, ma'am. But yes, that was pretty much what... <laughs> I was like, but 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 I'm trying to pull it out my head. <laughs> Girl, I'm out of wine too, child. <laughs> I still got where mine. I was going. <laughs> and I'm medicated, so <laughs> that's hilarious. I'm sorry, but yes, I was definitely with you. So yeah, I was just curious. Well, it was just a thought, of course. You know, this is what this is for, just for thoughts and trying to get some clarity on stuff. But I was just curious to where if people decide not to necessarily go through a therapy type of, you know, actual type thing. Is it okay to have people like in support groups and things like that? Are there people that actually practice alternative therapies? Like, hmm. is acupuncture a therapy? Or can I it think, be? I think it can be. I mean, I guess it just. I've it always does. said I wanted to try it, but of course, I don't know do if nobody too. around here does it. So I want to do I would it have too. to look. But I kind of want to, yeah, I want to see what it's about, to be honest. I think it does. Like, I think that it. I think it touches and I don't know, so don't quote me, but I think it touches on different nerves and um, different associations with your body because an alignment, you know, and so I feel like certain parts of your body that um, is being touched Mm -hmm. allows you to release certain energies. I mean, I I don't know. Let me sit there laying on the bed with a bunch of people that be crying. It's certain toxins that they like. It's it's different things with the uh, acupuncture, but yeah, yeah. most spas. Um, there's different holistic people that uh, or areas that you can go to that um, provide. So just acupuncture. I've actually wanted to of, do it as well. I want to try it. I'm just thinking about it, laying on a bed, bunch of needles. I'm sitting there just <laughs> <laughs> just crying. And also, I mean, like you got acupuncture, you got like. Um, there's a lot of different things like hiking, biking. Um, I know since the pandemic, I've enjoyed thoroughly. I mean, I'm, you know, most of my people are in DC, so they're bikers and runners anyway. That's just kind of, I don't know why that's a DC thing, but it is. Uh, <laughs> I love me. A so, you know, running. most of them are always out biking or running or whatever. But I love since the pandemic that I've seen more people of color like actually out biking, uh, which is really, really dope. Um, but also, like, just, you know, you, if you're not ready I'm to take the leap with therapy, Get your tribe. Make sure your tribe is like is tight. Like I'm, I'm appreciative of everybody that's in my tribe now because I feel like I've weeded out all the bullshit to keep the buck. Like, and I, I think you know I've kind of shed shed the people that um, that for one weren't serve self, serving. Right. I think that you know one thing you got to keep keep it a buck with your friends. You get something from your friends. They get something from you. You know what I mean? Like if you aren't with people or align with people that you can learn from and grow from, grow with and evolve with and things like that, then what are y'all doing? Y'all wasting each other's time. Flourish. Um, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta flourish and evolve with your people. Um, So if you're not getting that type of um, 
energy from your friendships. And not probably nine times out of ten, not your friends. They might be a low key hater. Hater. Just got to keep it, keep it, keep it a buck with that. But um, I feel like you know I've kind of shared all of those different things that no longer were serving of me, whether it was me outgrowing them or whether it was some other stuff. It's just like, you know, so your tribe, when your tribe is right too, like make sure you have people that like you can act, actually call and have conversations with when you really are in a place of like, you know, uh, chaos or turmoil or whatever, however you want to identify it and label it. Um, you know, you don't have to immediately jump to therapy, but yeah, there's different no, I agree. Acupuncture for sure. I agree. I think that it is important to have your tribe and, you know, you might have to go through the tribe and figure out, you know, who <laughs> weed them out. Like you said, pop, cause yeah. you know, who, is, who is really going to be there for you and, and, and get people that know you so well or not. Even, and, and when I say they know you well, that doesn't mean history because history can mean a lot or it can be nothing. To be honest with you, like that doesn't oh, matter. Yeah, absolutely. Get people that know your movement, that know your energy. And like Pop said, like I'm real big, you know, <laughs> on energy. So they know you. So even in some like the slightest type of movement, they already know. They can we- read between the lines, the gray areas. Like there's times where, you know, me and Maya, like we live close to each other. You know, but we don't see each other all the time and we mm-hmm. don't talk all the time either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like no much. matter how close we are over here, you know, to each other physically, you know, there are times that we go a while without even speaking. But it's something funny how if something stands out, you know, if normally I might see her on a chat or normally I, I don't know what it is, but there is a feeling where it's like, you know what, let me reach out because I don't know what's going on, but something ain't right. You know, and she'll do the same too. It'll just pop up and be a text message, you know, and pop, you do that too. It's like, you'll pop up out of nowhere. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. you all right. Like, and it could be something as simple as you not posting on, on social media. You know what I mean? Like they know your movements and how you, how you maneuver. And when pop that starts to singing. switch up, it's like, yeah, something ain't right. Like, pop up singing on the FaceTime. Right. Hey, <laughs> what's going I on? I am I had, that friend. I, yeah, I ain't talked to you. I ain't seen you. You know, what's something ain't right. And right. it could be you could go weeks without speaking to each other. But they mm-hmm. did something that just did that not was sit outside well. of their norm. And it didn't yes. sit with your spirit right. Yeah. Right. So get you, well, you know, Papa talked about being strong. And I'm definitely one of those people where I am, I do not like to ask for help. It she is. doesn't as a friend that nope. has been a friend for some time. <laughs> Never. I, Ever. I don't like it. It makes me, I don't know why. I just, I was taught, you know, you depend on you and yeah. you no, figure I it out. I get that, yeah. You know, you figure it out. I do not ask for help. I don't like it. I I can't stand it. But I have, luckily, I have friends that, We'll point it out, Grace. You don't have to do this by yourself. Like, I got you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, luckily, you know, I have those friends where it's just like, okay, you going a little bit over beyond, you doing a little bit too much. Like, chill out, you know, <laughs> like I got you. Like, let me do this for you. Or, you know, do you need me to watch Mikey? Do you need a day? That, you must not be talking about me. Um, I, I I don't offer. 
Oh, you do. <laughs> when you do. So, so that is not me, actually. So let's go ahead and clear that up. You know, well, no, when I, but let, don't let Maya fool me. Like when I moved from Atlanta, like she was the one that kept Mikey for like a good week I mean, yeah, so I that did. I could go and get my it's, stuff. It's oh, girl, I, I, I remember being, you. I remember being on the FaceTime calls and Mikey had an affinity with what does that little blue outfit he always had on? Was it Sonic the Hedgehog or <laughs> Spider Man or something? Uh, that dang, I'm Spider Man. Listen, the, and when nobody, I said, it, brother. Halloween has come and gone. Girl, the Spider-Mans. I was like, oh, oh he's God. still in it. He told me he needed a new suit. I was just like, Lord Jesus, his, how many more his, suits do I have his to buy? So busting out the, you know? out the foot. Yeah. I mean, even honestly, even being in the, you know, in the hospital with Mikey, you know, it was nothing for Pop or for Maya to quick FaceTime. Like, hey. I pulled up. How that too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. With, with dinner because I knew you weren't going to say that you know with dinner like hey I bought you some food I know you tired of eating that cafeteria food like <laughs> here you go you know or just popping up on FaceTime how's Mikey how are you you know um, I won't go into the breakdown you know that I had but you know literally Girl, walking cool, down the street on the phone. and on the phone fu- <laughs> like I was I don't even think y'all, I think y'all called me. I'm walking down the street because yeah, I was we going called you, through girl. it. And y'all called me literally. So I don't know if it was the energy or what, but it was like my phone rang on FaceTime. I picked up and I literally broke down and pop is trying to talk to me on the phone. And Maya is like, send me your location. Where mm. are you? I have no, when I tell y'all I was walking down the street in Chapel Hill and sat down in front of an abandoned building what? with a fence wait, wait, all what? around you did it. what when did you do that what? i see, remember that how, with that little rickety floor because you picked me up see from that yeah, i remember that yeah i remember what she talking about she talking about that spot with that little little rickety fence that was yes. in the background because you know i i live out in atlanta georgia we got to be very mindful of our surroundings <laughs> i think that whole <laughs> background set up i was like girl where she at yes where yes and yeah. maya i have no clue how maya found me pop was talking to me on the phone and i showed pop where i was i have no idea how maya found me but i was literally in chapel hill in front of an abandoned building with a fence surrounded and the next thing you know pop was like maya's there turn around you know, and My I turn around was and she's right stuff. there. So, you know, I'm lucky to have a group, the group that I have, the friends that I have. So, you know, please, if you don't have this group or excuse me, not specifically this group because they're my group. But if you don't <laughs> our have, friend circles full, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have a tribe. Part of going to the therapy, honestly, would be so that you can open yourself up to surrounding yourself by like-minded people. And if you want to learn about finances and and, and investing, or if you want to learn about yoga and meditation, or if you want to learn about the, if you're, you know, inquisitive about these things, put surround yourself by different types of people that will elevate you and put you into the same mindset and people that will find you literally and bring you back like figure that out if you don't have that i I need you to talk to somebody to figure out how to how to get to that point because you can't do it by yourself period 
Find people that'll that'll be on that journey and will nourish you as well. Don't hang around people that are weeds. You know, gardens don't grow unless you you nourish those things. And you got to be mindful of the people that are around just to be around. And it's just, you know, you just got to be mindful of of what you, you have to get very real with yourself about what trajectory you want to be on. What do you want for your life? Once you get that answer, then you have to really take a hard look at like yourself and who you surround yourself with and the things that you subject yourself to. Even like I'm I'm mindful of what I watch on TV now. I'm mindful of how much I'm on social media now because Mm -hmm. some people are just, they so miserable they don't even realize they're miserable it's masked as as being an influencer it's masked as being a person that posts a whole bunch of funny quotes and things like that like you know it's we get a kick out of certain certain things that we see but that stuff latches on to you and if you're not in a great headspace for the day then that might stick with you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's like you you got to be mindful of of a lot of different things but that's where that that comes from you healing. Once you start healing, that becomes second nature. You just start noticing that like, what? That that doesn't even make sense. I don't even want to watch that. I don't want to see this. Like, you know, you just triggering. remove it. Yeah, it's triggering. Trigger, yeah. It's like, why do I want to keep reminding myself of what I've grown out of? Facts, like, I don't want to do you, that. Didn't you delete one of your apps recently? Like, you know what? I'm not even finna fool with this no more. I removed Facebook. I'm no longer a part of the club. No longer part of the Facebook club. Like, no offense to anybody that's still on Facebook. I mean, more than like, at this point, it's like Facebook is now, it's like family Facebook. Like, everybody's That's all I have, my grandparents, somebody in your family on both sides of the family are on Facebook, okay? But people try to trickle over from Instagram and try to follow you and stuff. I'm like, no, we're not doing that. Everybody wants to follow you. If you post a picture, they're going to share it to everybody. And then Instagram, what are you doing? Instagram got <laughs> sneaky and started posting what I would post on Instagram. They started posting it to the Facebook story. Oh, no, well, that's because that's because Facebook bought out Instagram. The, uh-uh. so, they don't need to see yeah, that. You have to go in your settings and change that. So they don't need to see that. Over. Yeah, you need it. Yeah, girl. What I post to Instagram, you do not need to see. Every it. time I download an app, I check settings for everything. I can't. I ain't got time. <laughs> But no, I got rid of Facebook because, I mean, after a while, like at first, I mean, everybody, of course, joined Facebook because it was a whole thing where everybody was, you know, going to the same college and stuff like that. And it was like a, you know, you had to get knighted in type thing. And then they opened Facebook for everybody. And then when everybody got on Facebook, everybody wanted to dish out all their problems and what they're, you know, what they're not able to fix at this moment. It was, it was just a lot of negativity. And I just, Child, I was kind of over so many it. people from back yeah, home like, that I see now. And I'm just like, oh. It's just it just gets a little like you know every time when you when you expect to go on Facebook for the day you know you're gonna see somebody that's gonna say something bad about something I ain't about to be on Facebook every two minutes talking about you know basically fuck the world like excuse my French but that's pretty much at the level that you at and I'm not at that level. I like the world. Social media (laughs) on this journey is not therapy. It's not. It is not, and so many people use it for that. It's not therapy, people. And I, it's I, not your journal. When, a lot of people okay. are victimized too. A lot of people use no. those those platforms as a means to sit in their their victim mentality. Here's the thing. That part. You got to make a decision. Do you always want to be the victim? Or are you trying to liberate yourself from that? And the thing is, is like, you know, Facebook, so, uh, Instagram, whatever, Snapchat, TikTok, 
it's not a damn journal. You can go to Walmart or to Target and get you a little composition notebook for 50 cents <laughs> and right away, write all your thoughts in there. Everybody, that here's the thing, like, it, this is this is what the, the, the reality I had to come to terms with. I When I started my journey, I, I realized the power that I had and I realized that my energy and my time is sacred. And if I'm mm -hmm. pouring into myself, and I see something in myself and I recognize that, you know, there's something in me that's sacred that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm needing to feed into. I need to nourish it. Right. I need, need to better myself. Why would I turn around and invest so much into me with therapy and with, with, with other means of like, you know, mindful practices, et cetera, and then give everyone access to that? When you mm. give everyone access to those things, you got to understand that there, there are just as many haters out there as it is people who will lift you up. And if you are not in a position to be able to discern between the two, you are always going to be lost. That's why it's imperative to find out who you are and define who you are for yourself and not for anyone else, especially not for family. Because family, family, unfortunately, can be the, the biggest downfall to us. Because family has their own opinions about X, Y, Z. And I had to have a very real conversation with my family um, not long ago about this is my life. At the mm. end of the day, this is my household. Nobody's paying my bills. Nobody is, is you know, um, making sure that I'm good every second of the day. I mean, we all check in on each other, you know, no, no confusion there. But the thing is, it's like, and I know that they got me, but this is my life. At some point, your family isn't always going to be there. And that's just the reality of life. So you have to figure out what it is that you want for you and recognize your power and know that, that what's, what's yours isn't for everybody else. That's for you. Mm. If you if you steadily pouring into everybody else, what do you have left to give yourself? You know that's what I'm that. saying? So it's just like you can't, you, 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 people have got to get very serious about what is for them and what is not. And I think it's so many people out here that are just lost. They, they leverage these things as, as journals. They leverage these things as means to like dump all their negative energy. If your ass is miserable, be miserable by miserable offline. Don't put that <laughs> shit out in the, in the damn atmosphere and mess up everybody else's day because I'm friends with you. I'm friends with you because maybe we went to high school together and it's great to still, still see a familiar face and things like that. Now I got to unfollow your ass because you always complaining and posting whatever. Here's the thing. Everyone's circumstances, when you become an adult, yes, life be lifing. But any position that you were in that you were not happy with, you control that. You control that. Amen. It, amen. Yeah. it may be very difficult. It's harder for some people than it is for others. I get that. And that's not fair. But I'm not going to spend my life harping on what is and is not fair. I'm going to change the fucking narrative. If I'm not happy with what I've got going on, what can I do to change that narrative? It's not everybody else's problem. Get your miserable ass off of social media <laughs> and start working on you because all you're going to oh, get off of social media is other miserable ass people in your damn comments because you, you bonded to them through a trauma bond. Y'all all <laughs> fucking miserable. So y'all just sitting up there just being miserable, stewing together in the comments <laughs> until you got something else going on that you're miserable about and posting. I mean, it's just oh, this Lord. perpetual cycle of just just miserable shit. Yeah. And I'm just like, how are y'all? 
And it's so unfortunate because, you know, it's so many people from back home that I would love to stay in contact with. It is people that I do still stay in contact with that, you know, we, we still have those friendships that I've known for years, which is great. But it's some people and I'm just like, damn, what happened to you? Mm-hmm. I mean, what happened to you? I mean, first and foremost, when you 40, 40 years old, why are you talking about turning up and getting getting smashed and drunk? And it, You ain't tired? Our, our bounce back ain't the same. It ain't been, and my I'm bounce tired. back from a hangover hadn't been the same since I hit 31. Right. I be needing like two days. Thank you. <laughs> Whereas when I was at A&T or when I got out of A&T, I could easily be out partying to four, five o'clock in the morning and got to be at work at seven o'clock. That is not my life anymore. And I have come to terms with that. So at 40 plus years old, why are you talking like that? What, like, why are you talking up? Why are you talking? That's not cute. I don't think that's a part of my journey today. Go heal yourself. You not embarrassing. Why is it so important for you to be in these streets? Then at home, like I listen, I be and so at them big ass ages, you look, you're embarrassing. You, you're what, embarrassing yourself. Part. You're embarrassing everybody that knows you. Because why are you My. at this big ass age out here still trying to be in these streets with people that that are 21 and 22? We can't and relate to them. To and it ain't nothing to do there. Like those are the ones that probably need to talk to somebody. You're damn right, because you sitting here trying to suppress your shit with alcohol <laughs> and sleeping on couches and. And jumping up and down and shit. I stand on couches. I party with, put a party with them now. I do party with them on vacation in a different country. You ain't going to catch my ass doing that shit in Charlotte, in Durham. Hey, 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 wait a minute. She said jumping on couches. No, no, I'm just. (laughs) Like, you're not going to catch me out here in Atlanta, turned up. (laughs) <laughs> on a weeknight jumping on couches on a week smoking hookahs and all that <laughs> well, why you and saying like that? are you kidding why, me why are you saying I would like be embarrassed that? and then some of them got kids she's smoking you got I'm tired. Listen, I, I just don't have the energy. You know, if you have something going on, please have it start before nine o'clock. Look at y'all here just smoking hookah. Um <laughs> listen. I hadn't done the, I hadn't done hookah since was it Civis in Atlanta? No, Baby, done, most of us listen. Recently. If it ain't a day party, it ain't a party. That part because I ain't coming. That like <laughs> it ain't happening. Right. If you talk right. about Lincoln at eight thirty, right. eight forty five, it's a think, no for me. I think the last time we tried to do it, what was it? My it was me, you, and Sparks. I think, and we went we went and had brunch, and then we went to some kind of little club after party. We were so tired. We we was we was lit for about the first hour, and that was at like three o'clock. And we were looking at y'all ready. Like y'all, we have arrived at that age where when we were at the cabin, when we took the girls' cabin trip, it wasn't no turn up, nothing. But I guarantee your ass by nine thirty, everybody was in In their bed, hollering about the heat, (laughs) just like some little old biddies hollering about the damn heat. Make sure the doors is locked. Who turned the heat up? Oh, hell. I can't breathe. I was so pissed at y'all about that. They turned it down. It wasn't us three because, you know, we was down in the dungeon. (laughs) (laughs) 
on that damn bed. It might as well have been a prison with hair on it. <laughs> the damn bunk beds was more comfortable than that prison cot I was sleeping on. Oh my the God. one time, the one time a we did queen stay size up prison cot. We thought it was so late. You remember that? We oh stayed up listening to music and playing cards. We thought it was so like we late. We looked up. It was like ten o'clock. That's because that's because there was some other stuff involved. We were like we just yeah. it was two so, o'clock in the it morning. Was, it was ten o'clock. Was some tea involved. <laughs> it was some tea. That's the only time we would say it when everybody got something to talk about. We might be playing a little card game or just having conversation and catching up. Because, you know, we all live in different areas and stuff like that. So it's like a catch up with that. But you talking about at this big ass age out in clubs and doing stuff that these little that we did when we were 21, 22. Ain't nobody doing that. Uh, like you can get out, get out of here and go go work on you. Why why do you feel the need to be out here? It ain't nothing <laughs> in them clubs. Just saying it to somebody leaving the club. Get out of here and go work on you. <laughs> it is nothing <laughs> in these clubs. Getting dressed if they say like 21 and up, I'm not even coming. Thank you. Like, he wanted to remember getting dressed at like 11 o'clock at night. Like, I remember, I think we were doing something the other, like a few weeks ago, and I was about to go home. And I said, Can you remember years ago, like around this time, we were just getting in the shower to get ready to go out? We had nothing to lose. We had nothing to lose. <laughs> we was out here. We had nothing to lose. Ain't no way. Now we got <laughs> we bad bags. No exactly. Knees be popping as soon as you wake up in the morning. <laughs> I've been yawning for the last 30 minutes. <laughs> see? See? I ain't even took my medicine. That's why I went on. I took it, my shower about 5 o'clock. I said, because as soon <laughs> as this is over, guess where I'm going? She took a shower at 5 <laughs> Listen, I done passed my stuff on to oh my, my son. God. Listen, we got, I went and picked him up from oh. school. He got out of school at 2.15. I went and picked him up, brought him home. I sat downstairs for about 20 minutes. He come downstairs, had his pajamas on, made him a little, made him a cup of milk and sat on the couch. I said, Mikey, when you put your pajamas he on, him some hot he said, I, yeah, he did. That's he made, all he kept he making for the past three days. But I said, Mikey, how, when did you put your pajamas on? He said, oh, I put my pajamas on when I came home. Why you still have your regular clothes on, mommy? You late. Like... <laughs> My child is every bit of eight years old, and the minute he step in that house, the first thing he do is get his pajamas on. My so said, you late. What I you done doing? passed it on. I done I passed it like on. Shower pajamas. Yeah, we just not. I mean, and it's okay. Listen, like 30, 30 plus is like the new 20s. Like, I feel like really 20s was like when I got everything out of my system, was finding myself as 30s. I'm seeing, you know, I, early 30s, still finding myself, getting into the swing of things. And now it's like, all right, cool. You know, now is when you could kind of like enjoy. Uh, a nice brunch or a day party mm-hmm. or you know now is the time when you got assets you know you got assets and things you can actually talk to your friend i can't talk to no 22 year old about none of the stuff that i got going on they don't even know what this means right now they they said this isn't their ministry all right everything's well, so period like partying with them everything's oh, period or no cap no cap, no cap. period you're not about to be 35 and up talking about no period. cap i will no not cap. talk to you again i can't no cap period. i don't even be knowing what's going on on instagram they be posting stuff and they be posting new Hell, people y'all know more and they be like this person posted about this i'm like who are these people all the time i'm on instagram these people on my own page or if i'm promoting like i don't and- <laughs> 
What what's more important? I don't, I don't care. Like that. I'm not that big. Can we talk about like something else? I don't care that this person My thing said is, this. Is when did it become a problem to stay out the way? When did it become a problem <sighs> to just stay out the way and be be continue? You don't have to be born. My life is far from it. But I'm cool with being in the crib. Like I'm cool because it's what am I going out for? What am I doing all of that for? Like I I'll go out and party and stuff like that. Like you know, if I'm on vacation or you know if there's something going on and everybody's getting together, but nobody's doing all of that two, three, four o'clock in the morning. Like I tell you, anybody that knows me knows I'm that friend that you'll look up. I'll tell you, I went to the bathroom and I'm Ubered. I've Ubered back home. I, I'm not that friend. I will leave everybody. And I have no shame in it. I will leave you and you will be wherever I left you at because I'm not doing Atlanta. So in Atlanta, for those that don't know, Atlanta has after hours. So the yep. club might end at after, three. After hours. But then you got something that's going on till six, seven o'clock. Till six. For, for what? For yeah, what? Go home. Greensboro. We did. Why are you still trying to drink at like three, four o'clock in the morning? What are you chasing after? What are you needing? Like, what are you lacking that you you feel like mm-hmm. you need to like? You know what I'm saying? And and, and, and you know, and I'll I'll just decide like it's like some real shit. Like, what are you at this age? What are you What are you still chasing after that you haven't attained? You You had like let's say for example, right? I'm about to be 38, so let's say, and and since I was 20, you you talking about a whole 18 years? What have I What have I not found in 18 years that I'm still chasing at this age? That will require me to be out here doing all of these different things. For what? They calling you the OG in the club. You look crazy as hell. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> you ain't going to call me OG. Nothing. Because you ain't going to see me in that club. <laughs> what? No, that's You're right. I'm going man. to be nestled in this nice, warm, cozy bed. Okay, nestled. <laughs> Hello? Nestled with Watch a little Netflix piece or something. Or spending mm-hmm. time with somebody that means something to me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get satisfaction and creating memories with people that mean something to me you know things like that nowadays you know because everything is so fleeting right i mean pandemic aside life was fleeting already mm-hmm. but this pandemic has really shown how fleeting life can be you know what i mean we we all have lost someone or know someone that has lost someone you know so it's like <clears throat> yeah i get going out and living life to the fullest and doing all these different things but like i'm more i'm more on on this wave of like being the best version of myself and, and and creating memories with the people that I that mean something to me because they can be here today and gone next. You know, they can be gone instantaneously. Like I had a friend who lost lost their sister randomly, like just like in a couple of days, like saw her and then she wasn't here anymore. You know what I mean? Young. Feel what I'm saying? So like it, life life really throws some curveballs. And it's like, man, I I'd rather invest in the shit that actually means something. You know, like it, it, you you can go back to memories and be like, damn, I remember this time and laugh and joke and, and, you know, reflect on those moments. I'm not trying to, oh, well, this night I ain't hang out with you because I was doing backflips off of the couch and <laughs> oak. Bye. You know, I, I think, and, and to what you're saying too, Pop, I feel like some people, and I don't know, but it's just thinking about what you're saying, I think some people are also like avoiding themselves you know so i think sometimes you know at our age or at an older age going out and doing these things you know are you what are you avoiding you know what i'm saying are you avoiding the person that's at home you know or the excuse me not the person but the life that you have at home are you avoiding yourself 
you know, because you don't want to be alone or you don't want to, you know, when you are alone, you're faced with the realities of, you know, your life and you don't want to face that, you know, different things that are, or sometimes you don't want to face yourself. You know, I learned, you know, some, someone that I was with before I learned that they always had new friends, you know, and I could never understand that. Like why? Like, I haven't met a friend. I might've met maybe one friend that you've had for more than a couple of years. But other than that, you ain't, you don't even have, you know, old friends. Why is that? And then when you meet somebody new, you're very quick to befriend that person. And I mean, to the point where like y'all are besties almost, you calling them, you going out with them, stuff like that. And then after a couple of weeks or maybe like a month or so, you're not friends with them anymore. And so I noticed like those patterns. And I'm thinking, do you even know who you are? Are you comfortable with who you are? Because you keep changing. So it's almost like when you get to the point where that person has become comfortable with you, or when that person has actually realized who you are, or what you're about, or the real you, you know, because you can only pretend, but for so long, you know, so but when that person actually figures out who you are, what you're about, then you got to drop them and you on to the next person. Because they figured it out. So I don't know if that's, you know, has something to do with someone that might be out and doing their own thing for, you know, out and about and going to the clubs and stuff like that. Maybe they just can't sit with themselves or maybe it's just the thrill of meeting new people because they don't know you and they don't know the real you. So you get to show the representative of who you are and they like that. You get to be somebody, you get to pretend to be somebody completely different um, because you don't want to sit at home and deal with the realities of who you really are sounds like that person needs to go talk to somebody <laughs> there you go yes, that's what it sounds like there you go and, and and i hope a lot of people come to that realization if they're in that space you have to make sure your aura is a nice color make sure your energy is nice and vibrant and flourishing <laughs> Quite oh, I love this. but yeah all right well this was a good conversation yeah I'm glad I thought of it. I'm glad you did too. <laughs> it's very important. I do think that, um, and not to go on to the whole room, but I do think just to sum it up, especially being because I am a black woman. So just speaking for myself, mm-hmm. um, and my and me, you've had this conversation before, like a little bit of it. I do feel like as black women, we do go through traumatic experiences as a culture or as black women. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about in the beginning. And I think that it is very important to touch on those things um, yes. in order to move. Forward. And again, even culturally, things that happen in your home, you know, happen. You know, a, a lot of black women were raised to be strong and we're raised because we're raised by other strong black women. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so you're taught how to let, you know, you're how to let your spouse be or what to question, what not to um or even, uh, it was funny, I was having a conversation with someone else and I said something about how people are always saying black women are angry, but nobody's asking why. Mm-hmm. People are so quick to say black women are angry like ang- or the angry black woman. But have we actually really sat down collectively at, and had a conversation as to why? Like, let's ask the question, why? I know when I was, it was because you feel like you're showing up for everybody else and no one shows up for you. Mm. There you go. That's one. You know, let's let's. But talk I think about, it's an all-encompassing thing, right? It's layers to that. Yeah, as a, but it's 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 the conversation. You know, at some point to be had. You know, we ask these like the angry black woman, like, but why? 
why are we? You know, there's so many different layers, like you said, Pop, that that we can peel. And maybe that's another episode. But yeah, it is. It, it definitely <laughs> is. But that's, you know, let's let's ask that question. Why? Why are we being perceived as angry? Are we really angry? You know, and if we are angry, like, why are we angry? Are there are there cultural, you know, differences? Are there things that have happened to us culturally or ways that we were raised? Um, right, because we be to be angry. To be, you know, to be specific, you know, as yeah. far as how we were brought up or things that we might have went through or things that we go through in a black home mm-hmm. that other cultures mm-hmm. may not you know, go through. I mean, we could go as, as, as deep as to say, you know, I was watching what movie was that? Aretha Franklin, Respect. And, you know, how she was molested, you know, in home and as such a young child. And that happens. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen in other cultures, but, you know, it happens. Oh, it and happens. It definitely like- happens. And unfortunately, and, and like I said earlier, we... Uh, as as people, we are more prone to keep things hush hush and sweep it under the that rug part. because it's deemed taboo and blah 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 blah. And I, you know, I, I know a few people, and that's been their story. You know what I mean? And it's so heartbreaking to hear, but it's like it happens more frequently than not. And I think that we have to get very real with the fact that if we really want real change, we have to start with ourselves. And that's not just, even though it's common to hear. It's not just a cliche. It's actually real talk. Like we have to right. be very real with ourselves. And we have to change the narrative. And we have to also look into, as we start having children, and <clears throat> as we start, even if you opt to not have kids, right? If you if you are building a life and you're your aunt or, you know, an uncle or whatever, how can you contribute to changing the narrative of the people that you impact? It doesn't even have to be your family. Like, like I said, even with your friends, you should be learning from everybody that's connected to you and they should be learning from you. Mm. You all should be pouring into each other and getting something out of that. I don't believe in friendships that I don't get anything out of. I know that's right. You know what I mean? Like I have to get something out of that and it's a, it's a mutual exchange. So the thing is, is that be mindful of like, as you better yourself, how can you better others? You know what I'm saying? Like, as you liberate yourself, how can I liberate someone else? It doesn't mean that I'm taking on that obligation or that role. It's not my responsibility. But I guarantee that anybody that comes in contact with me because of where I am, my healed aura comes out. And so people get it, either they're intrigued by it or they're not bothered by it, it one or the other. But it, most of the time people are like, oh, well, what can I do in it? And I'll rap with you about it. And people also have to get away from like not talking about stuff. Like just talk. Everybody, like especially with people of color, like with us, man, like people think that like somebody's going to steal the secret recipe or something if you tell them how to do, (laughs) how you, how to do something. Like what, like stop being so secretive to stuff. When you see in Asian culture, when you see in in Latina culture, um, when you see in, in some of these, these blue collar, like, you know, with, with Caucasian families and things like that, they put each other on. Like if you, most importantly, if you ever pay attention to like Asian communities and things like that, like they put each (laughs) other on. The Asian friends that I have, like they're all pouring into into one another. You see it. Their their sense of family is solid and locked in. Sense of friendship and, and you know things like that locked in. It's like <clears throat> that's because it's it's you. We oftentimes create this 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 
false narrative that there's competition. And the thing is, is that I don't compete with anybody. That's my motto. I don't compete with anybody. If you compete with me, that's a personal problem with you. Mm-hmm. And it's something that doesn't even, I don't even bat an eyelash to, right? I'm not competing with you because I am where I'm supposed to be. What is mine is already meant for me, whether I have attained it yet or not. So this is my journey. And if you too busy with your eyes on my steps and what I'm doing and you trying to compete with me, then look at look at the, what you're doing to yourself. You're missing out on everything that's supposed to come to you because you too focused on me. Yeah, but if you focused focus. on you and I'm focused on me and we come together and we mutually discuss our growth and we mutually discuss business and we mutually discuss, discuss how we can help the community or you know, pour into our families and break, you know, uh, generational curses and come up with different traditions and, and different things like that, generational wealth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then we're already changing the narrative. But if within our communities, it's like, oh, you're going to steal the secret sauce if I tell you anything. It's like, come on, man. You're like, we already got the crabs in a barrel mentality issue. <laughs> now y'all got to worry about like, <laughs> what do you think I'm going to gain from you putting me on the game? You think right. like you just like the end all be all you the encyclopedia of the friend friend group? <laughs> I'ma steal your information. I'ma just go with what you say because I'm and I don't have the, the intelligence to like just take you as one source of, of information and get additional information and maybe compound it onto what you taught me and see how that aligns for my life. You don't even respect me enough to think that I have the mental capacity to do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like we gotta get away from that. Like but we're right. we going to stay in this hamster wheel as a people because we're we progressing too slow. We're waiting on everybody else to do it for us. Or we got mm. an excuse. Or we always mad about something. Or we always like, and, and some shit we should be mad at. Like, let's not be dismissive of that. But like, <laughs> some of the internal shit, like beefs and stuff that I see and things like that, it's like, yo, we in our own way. I agree. I, I definitely think that we need to touch on that too. I think that, um, and Maya can put in the notes <laughs> for maybe the next episode, but definitely, you know, again, that was something that I did want to touch base on, like, as far as, you know, black women, you know, that, that whole stereotype, but why? That's it. Maybe we can discuss right. that. Let's discuss why. Stay tuned. Yeah. What you said. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Well, ladies, this was a great conversation. Thank yeah. you all for being a part of it. Thank you, Pop. Well, I was going to say, well, I call her roommate, but you know. Oh, <laughs> Thank sorry. you for having me. AKA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because if I say roommate, everybody's like, roommate. What? I know what you mean. Yeah. You guys talking about this grown shit and y'all still roommates. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. No. It was just told by me that that's that's my name, and it's been like that for yeah years. <laughs> I'm probably that's probably I think that's my name in her phone. Yep, is it? I heard yep in the background. She oh. went in the back somewhere. See, changing. That's always gonna be your name in my phone, roommate. Stupid. I love it. Anywho, like I said, thank you ladies for being a part of the conversation. Thank you for pop for popping in. I greatly appreciate it. I'm sure I'll be talking to you soon, ma'am, via FaceTime. You <laughs> I would say were there any closing remarks, but I think we've reached our limit. Yeah. I think I think we've gotten all our closing remarks in one full episode. And I'm very happy with it. So um I don't have anything to close with. 
as far as like shout outs or anything like that. But um, as far as those books and everything, we'll make sure to get those out to y'all if y'all are interested for all the readers following us. Um, uh, slang, uh, shit, I'm about to get the podcast names mixed up. My bad. Slang and serve is on the way. <laughs> everything begins with an S. I realized that like oh, after wow. a while, I was like, damn, everything starts with an yeah, S. Slang and serve. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. But either way. So yeah, so make sure you follow the Instagram pages. Make sure you follow the Twitter pages. Um, uh, turn your alerts on so that way you're aware of new episodes when they do come out. Um, and that is all I had. Mm-hmm. So again, yes, thank indeed. you, ladies. Yeah. And um, yeah. Oh no, it's Thursday. I'm about to say have a good weekend, but I'm off tomorrow. So. Period. Yeah. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Must be nice. It's called a well. It's my wellness day off, so that way I can focus on me. That's what this whole episode was about, Aww. right? Okay, yeah. Come on, focus wellness on me day. And I'm find, taking and, a wellness practice week. Hello, mindfulness. And, and find some furniture because I need to get rid of. <laughs> I need something <laughs> new. Oh, I did just notice this. Yeah, I got a table today. It was Ew. it was a splurge purchase. Good, but you know, you need it. I needed a little table, something, yeah. whatever. But anywho, it's healthy. Well, again, um, Signs of Sparks will be back with episode eight. I'm not sure what we'll be talking about then, but I'm sure it'll be quite exciting, liberating, whatever else. I can't think of any other. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Because I couldn't think of any other adjectives. But anywho, but anyway, thank you again, ladies. Um. I'll holler at y'all. All right, all right. Until next time, guys. Bye. Good night. Which side is best for me? Which side is best for me? Which side is best for me?